Okay, how you guys doing? This is Alex here with Alec Bledsoe. This is going to be our third interview together. Um, Alec Bledsoe texted me the other day, and he seemed like he wanted to get something off his chest. He he really wanted tonight. You know, he's like, "Why well, can't we do another interview?" And I'm like, "Dude, anytime you want." Mm-hmm. So he's a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. So we got together. So Alec, thank you very much for for coming here and uh, doing another interview. Um, what is it that you want to get off your chest that made you want to get get back on uh, for a third time? Uh, a couple things. Um, for one, the uh, there's this time of year. Um, there's a lot going on with any record because it's it's nice down in Florida, so everyone goes south wants to break records. Um, and then when that happens, it gets all over the internet, and it kind of veers from drag racing, in my opinion. Drag racing is about racing each other, not setting records to swing your dick around on the internet, in my opinion. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? So real racing's a lot harder than going down the racetrack by yourself on a solo run. Now I do that stuff for R and D purposes in my green car or whatever it might be. Um, and I also tune a lot of stuff that races competitively and we win or we're very competitive. And um, I just want to kind of talk about those things and a lot of lies that go on in the industry that gets the general public leaving stuff and um they shouldn't you know it's just it's like the cnn news out there you know it's like it's Fake hard news. to yeah right so, so back in uh because you're young you're you're not even are you even 30 years old yet just turned 29 hey well, yeah. happy birthday <laughs> so um i used to think that a record only counted during competition um if you go on a unofficial pass let's say you have an nhra top fuel car and during testing it runs a uh i don't know 350 or you know 350 miles an hour that's not counted that's mm-hmm. basically saying it's during testing only mm-hmm. during qualifying or competition does a record stand do you do you subscribe to that model of record because i see world record like if guinness showed up to that motherfucker mm-hmm. and certified it um do you think records should be only recognized during competition or a fucking you know testing uh, drag and drive test session should be counted um i'm on both sides of that and the reason why i say that is if i had a if i didn't have a shop i would probably say competition only um, if you race a, a specific built car for the class and you're out testing on a super glued up track and the all the stars line up well, a lot easier than going to World Cup, for example, and racing on that prep, which is good, but racing 40, 000, in front of 40,000 people, racing <laughs> a guy next to you, there's a lot of things that play into a factor. So, um, you know, but I have a car that, I test and I technically post on our YouTube breaking records, you know? Um, but man, really it's, it's not about the record breaking for me. You know, you can, it doesn't matter for me to break a record in the one seven blower. It's just such a challenge for me to go that fast. So I've been working up to like, I want eight forties in my car and just track rentals, you know, back in 2022. Yeah. And this past year, I ran World Cup Finals in uh, Mean Street, going A40s again. I changed the combination around. Um, but I was racing in front of a lot of people. And obviously, my reputation's on the line. A lot of people know what the car is, especially in the GM game. Um, right. And I didn't want to look like a dumbass in front of everybody. So I was going 40s consistently. I qualified mid-pack, 
that Monday, I stayed the day after and got after it. Um, and I tried some new stuff and I went eight twenties. Um, so technically I broke my own record. So I don't know what you really want to consider. Probably. I, I would say competition, probably a real record would be. Yeah. Because right. you're, you're class racing the rules. And I think that's way more impressive than a free for all in my opinion. So, right. So then what, what subsequently happens when someone with a one seven blower with your platform runs a number and then maybe a competitor, you know, someone else starts running quicker or similar, and then it becomes like, we really have the record. And then you kind of start going, well, you're comparing apples to oranges, right? Like mm -hmm. your car has a one seven blower built motor, um, built trans, um, what gear ratio is in the rear? What's the common gear it's, ratio? It's, it's a stock gear rate. It's 285 in the rear, but Jesus, stock. you guys got yeah. 285. Cool. You know, six or 80 guys would love that gear ratio in the back <laughs> or even, even 10 or 80 guys. So mm -hmm. does the industry kind of like make that accomplishment? Does it lessen it? Does it, does it, does it basically uh, misinform the people out there as to what they got going on on their car just to make pretty much really? Yeah. So like, in my opinion, like, if someone came to me tomorrow and said, hey, I want to do what your green car is doing, I'd be like, okay, we're going to put a 2650 on it because I know what it takes to put that 1.7 through hell. Like, <laughs> you got to build something serious for it to handle it. Like, and people are trying to catch me, for example, okay? So, you got sh in the shops. It, it's kind of fun going back and forth with the shops. That's why I kind of like it. But we're so far out in the head right now, it's really not fun anymore. These guys are stuck in the 870 zone. Okay. In a, Z, in a ZL1. Now, the fastest LT. So, not only do we have the fastest LT4 blower in any platform now, which came in the C7 Z06, the ZL1, and the CTSV third generation. V3. Gotcha. V3, yeah. Um, I'm faster than the VET, which the fastest VET, I think, is like 844, I think, or something. I went 826, but now I'm the fastest OEM gen 5 blower so that means any direct injection gm car ever made which the c7 zr1 is the mac daddy that's a factory 2650 car okay and that fastest one was 833 and i passed it with my 17 blower okay and you know it's really not for bragging rights man it's it's takes a lot to do that now with when i say that it takes a lot of stuff in the house to do that. You don't just buy parts from Cam Motion and Frankenstein or LME and bolt them on the car. Right. We have a lot <laughs> of one-off stuff on that thing. That and I've killed it before running 840s. Like I had pistons in there that were just off-the-shelf diamonds that were losing tension in the rings because the blower is creating so much heat. There's a lot of stuff I don't say on YouTube, but I'm not scared to say it. Like we failed when we went fast as well. Okay. And so if you pay attention in one of our YouTube videos, um, I know I'm kind of getting off track with YouTube no, you're good. stuff, but you're good. Um, we came back after World Cup. I took the motor apart because that's how like it's very hard to keep it together at that level. Uh, so I have like a really thick top ring in it now, tool steel, like the top rings are eight hundred dollars for a ring pack. Really? Like I wouldn't yeah, I, I, I wouldn't do that for a I wouldn't build that kind of a motor for someone else. You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't need it with a 2650 in my right. opinion. So yeah, I'm doing some one-off stuff and I keep it a big secret of what I do because I tune a lot of race car stuff and it kind of follows into the street car stuff when you start really leaning on, on things. 
So, um, but anyways, I take the motor apart and I inspect it. There's really nothing wrong with it, but I just wanted to inspect the bore sizes, if it's bowing the bore out of it or losing tension in the ring. And if it's waffling the piston skirt, you know, whatever it might be, what is it hammering the bearing out of it? You know, just so I can see that and catch it before it has a serious issue. Now you have to do that when I'm spinning my blower the way I'm doing, like, you know, people ask me all the time what the blower RPM and stuff is. And I don't tell them because the problem is they're going to try it. And you cannot try it on a heads cam LT4. You are, right. Your power curve is going to fall off of 5,500 because, and you're going to lift the heads clean off the thing because it's just, <laughs> it's just the blower isn't made to do that. So you have to have the engine combination to carry itself up there. But Okay. Without um, giving away secrets, is it is it a, a stroke differential between what you had and have? It's stroke differential. Uh, I had a custom crank made for it. It's rod ratio. It's camshaft. It's all of it. I had some special one-off stuff in my cylinder heads. Um, so, yeah, and I can give out secrets and stuff. On, and this, is a, this goes in any blower combination. Like, I'll give out a little secret. Everyone wants support heads or everyone wants to see flow numbers. But everyone misses the exhaust side. Mm-hmm. You have to get the air out. Right. So, you know, if you're only flowing 60% on the exhaust side of your intake, then you need to make a camshaft change, put a shit ton of uh, duration on the exhaust side. of. The, I'm talking LS or single cam stuff, you know, yeah. not Coyote. But, but it's same you know, theory. It's same theory because if it's variable, you can actually typically – not necessarily uh, have more duration because you don't you can't change the lobe, but you can definitely change when the event happens. Mm-hmm. You can change the valve opening event on you know depending on what the car likes. Actually, we can basically prevent valve float with with tuning. Dude, but that, I, I wish we could do that. I, right. I'm so jealous of that. To be honest with you, I'm telling it's, you once once you start messing with dual overhead cam stuff, it's gonna it's gonna mind fuck you because mm-hmm. think about it this way: I can overlap whatever I want to overlap intake mm-hmm. to exhaust. I can start the cam come, you know, intake valve opening sooner or later and, and have the uh, exhaust come in just, you know, either just after or just before or during, I can kind of do whatever you're going to be like, Holy shit. I am like, I am like in heaven right now because I'm going to swing the cams all over the place. Mm-hmm. And with a uh, cam and block, you have to physically change the cam yeah. to have that happen. So you can change on a single cam, application this is why i like race cars i actually wish i had a jessel front drive on my car but i'm oh, not so going can, oh so you can uh, yeah so you can loosen four bolts up and whoop, retard it or advance it and make a dyno run and i've done that on race car stuff or i've done that at the track we're out of turbo when the thing's two and a half to one back pressure and we're trying to get everything we can out <laughs> Holy shit. so you know <laughs> fuck oh yeah. my god so you know but you have to run them that hard in your class racing to win you know, and, and a lot of people don't, I kind of want to go into that detail, but, um, so yeah, I would love to have that, that, and, and like, I would say that's 80% of what you can get done with your power band and how much power you make. But then there's a lot of stuff that really goes into a deep factor with a single cam is your lift at two, I mean, your duration at 200 numbers and stuff that doesn't even get posted on a cam card. Right. So like, you know, you can have the same duration and same lift and same LSA, advance, whatever it might be on two different cams, but the duration is different at 200 lift. Typically, the more duration at 200 lift, you will make more power. But the problem is you have to control it. So at high RPM, it'll start floating the valve, especially on hydraulic roller stuff. 
right? Then you start going solid roller. You have to have a lot of spring pressure and, you know, starting to get more race car, but it does make more power. And everyone in the GM game is like, oh, hydraulic roller makes the same as solid. No, it doesn't. No, fuck it out of here. It's not even fucking close. Who said that? Like, Oh, everyone in the GM game, dude. Everyone. Stop. And you'd be surprised. Like, I'm talking people that make camshafts in the GM game. Oh, my God. They're telling you that they'll say hydraulic roller and solid is line on line. Oh, come on. Come on, man. So, you know, and, and it's just fucking crazy because, like, everyone that has a LS really isn't going solid roller. No, but they're not going 4 0 in the eighth, or they're not going six anything. They're going no. 790s or 750s, and that's easy to do. That's so right. fucking easy on a twin turbo setup. I don't care what you get. I'll be honest with you. I'm probably going to hurt some feelings saying this, but. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> if you have if you have a turbo four hundred car and twin sixty eight seventies or or sixty four sixty sixes, I don't give a damn how heavy the car is. If it's thirty five hundred pounds, the motherfucker should go low sevens. Like n- no problem. Like easily. You have a trans okay. brake. What, what kind of engine are we talking about here? What kind of I, engine? I feel like really anything. You can do it coyote. You should be able to do it coyote, GM yeah, yeah. stuff, like anything. It should be. And like these guys, so like there's Cadillac attack. This is what I'm going to, I'm funneling into. <laughs> there was Cadillac attack this past week. And um, what that is, if, if people don't know what this, you know, we're talking about is once a year, it's it's called Cadillac Attack, but it's not necessarily Cadillac. It's pretty much any GM platform. They have different classes, like all-out blower, all-out whatever it might be, all naturally aspirated. But anyways, there's a class where you can pretty much run, run what you brung, and there's a couple twin turbo cars, and there were like twin 76s and 400s, and these guys are going like 730s. Seven, yeah, I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are you guys doing? That is embarrassing. I don't even post my time, dude. If I'm not if I'm not letting out in the eighth going sixes, I'll be pissed. Like, oh my you know, god, it's just crazy. Like it's just insane. What but these do you guys think? But, like, do, but do you think people? And, and I, I don't mean to interrupt. But do you think mm-hmm. because I'm 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 the regular guy. I'm the guy that doesn't tune Pro Seventy Five or you know have anyone under my belt. But don't you think these people over turbo over trans their yep. cars, but don't necessarily have the bullet to yep. back all that shit up? So they. Okay, so then you go into if say for example if I drop the noon into my car in my car with a little eight point in it and st- the stock rear and a four hundred, uh, yeah, but that is so stupid. Why would you ever spend <laughs> fifty thousand dollars or whatever yeah. you spend and put it in a stock form car? Even if you do that and you got a fab not so these guys got fab nine inches in them and they got bars in them. These should go six ninety still. Like yeah. there's no reason why you shouldn't. Right. You know, and um, it's just sad. Honestly, it's it's it's. But do you really... think what, what do you think is missing? Um, There has to be a key component that's missing. And I'll give you an example. Um, Coyote guys really were stuck in the seven, uh, seven, seventy, seven sixties for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And they had a head sealing issue. We, we had a manifold issue. There wasn't a motor builder with a fuck. Um, mm-hmm. um, the, the, then plasma man came out with stuff because Holly stuff was ripping apart at the welds and the seams. Mm-hmm. It was just all coming apart. And then, uh, companies, you know, with the O ringing and the recessed situation mm-hmm. where you're, you know, you're, you have a step on the sleeve and it's recessing in the head Oh, and, and, you know, figure eight, this and that all of a sudden shit was sealing mm-hmm. and you go from uh 35 PSI max to 40 to 50 to now 
getting close to 60 PSI mm-hmm. on a coyote. And that's where the coyote has now where you see Brett and all them and, and Lund going, you know, sixes on a pretty heavy car. <clears throat> it was mm-hmm. a ceiling and motor building issue. What do you think these guys are missing? Because in the push rod game, you guys got that shit. Yep. It's, it's, it's there. It's figured out. It's been figured out for a while now. Um, you can buy a billet LT direct injection, but everyone's put port on them. And it's very similar to the LS. And Noonan pretty much just took the billet LS block and made it into an LT version. So you have the hoops, you have everything to do it, and it's strong. It's not the engine combination. If you want to be completely honest with you, in my opinion, it's the tuning. Uh, these guys in the GM game, they're your average guy okay. that tune nine, ten second cars, maybe eight second cars, which isn't fast in today's age. Not at all. And they have no clue what they're doing when it comes to methanol and no intercooler and putting 50 pounds of boost or something to be just being real. Like they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. Okay. And they're being very timid and their converter selection is probably all. I mean, I'm sure their combination is probably off. They're probably listening to XYZ engine builder to get them 2000 wheel, which is plenty to do what they need to do. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But their converter is probably off because these converter companies don't know. At the end of the day, oh, man, don't you get me need started. To you if need you to start, know. If you yeah. start telling, if you start making me talk about converter stuff, um, you want to hear something crazy? I think a lot of converter companies, not naming names, guess. They 1, guess. They go like this. They go, uh, this should work. Then you put it in your car. It burns up your transmission. It burns mm-hmm. the shit down. And you're like, yeah, that didn't work. And they're like, oh, our bad. Here's another one. I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. I just smoked my shit mm-hmm. because of your guesses. They don't mm-hmm. have any machinery that mm-hmm. tell them, at what power level? At what stall? Like, how's it going to couple? What What do you need? Like they someone like a like a Cohen or Neil Chance? What yep. did they have that others don't have? So, none of them will ever know, and the reason why is because all these combinations out there are different. They got right. different camshafts. They got different cylinder heads. Whatever the case might be, if you got twin sixty eight on. Uh, LS with nine and a half to one compression hydraulic roller, and then you got twin 68s on a 40 more cubic inch LS, 11 and a half to one solid roller. It's going to flash a converter different, correct? Uh, you know, so these guys ain't going to know. And it, I, I'll be honest with you, it's really when you start going into the sixes and, and low fours in the eighth, it's really not their job to know. You can call them and they can kind of get you in the ballpark. Okay. But you as a tuner need to know what the fuck you're doing because, you know, and now like, and that will translate if you own a shop, for example, that will translate into you doing that on your own vehicle and analyzing the data and what works the best. And you can build a customer with that stator and, uh, you know, what that might be. And that's when you call Chance and you say, hey, get me the 1545 stator, 10 inch, 258 or whatever it might be. And that's what you know works with that combination. And okay. so, like, in my opinion, like, I've fucked some shit up before. But, like, and I'm sure you guys have when oh, you yeah. run stuff. You <laughs> oh, <know? yeah. laughs> but you figure it out, and that's how, be- that's how you become good. But a lot of these guys just don't have the common sense to figure it out or analyze data. Like, for example, there's a guy that built a... I'm not going to get too in depth with it because I don't, in, in case these people watch this, but there's a guy that built um, a 2650 car LS solid roller, big cubic inch, went to Cadillac attack. And, uh, 
you know, it, they were dynoing it and they're like, yeah, converter's too loose. I'm like, I got news for you guys. We have one of the fastest 2650 cars out there. Uh, there's a Camaro that we do. It's been mid 480s and they eat the 34. Silver one? That silver yeah. one? Yeah. And I found something by accident on that car, but with a converter. And I'm like, the converter ain't too loose, I promise. Those things, man, it follows from the pro mob world. Like, I help guys with big hemis and screws on them, and they want, like, a 150 RPM drop. Like, they don't want an RPM drop because right. it doesn't, the blower don't like being slowed down. So, like, if you're looking at a data log, like, you have, say, if your shift point's 8,500, it should look like two little nipples if it's a three-speed. Correct. Like, that's it. Yep. Like, these guys expect a 1,000 RPM drop because that's what they're told. Oh, no, you know that's bad for the motor. That's bad yeah, for everything. It's everything. It, it'll lift the heads off of it. So, like, I'm like, dude, keep pulling on that son of a bitch if it's still making power up there because the converter will come to it. Right. It'll you know? couple. It'll couple. Yeah. To converter tech technology is there. So, like, if I had, like, in that Camaro, for example, it's like a 200 RPM drop. But at the end of the run, I'm like 3.5%. Wow. Because it wow. couples so well at the end. And that's me saying, hey, I want this blade with this. And they'll make it for you at Chance or Pro Torque or whatever. Um, now, some of these converter companies will try to get involved with your tuning. and be like, no, uh, I'm paying you XYZ for a stator. This is what I want. I don't care if it's wrong. That's what I'm like now. I don't I don't really ask them for, I, this is what I want. You know, so, and uh, there's a turbo car, that gray Mustang I do. I wanted a tighter stator in it. And Tommy is a buddy of mine over at Pro Torque. And I used to work for Mickey Thompson. And he's like, uh, I was like, I need a tighter stator. He's like, you don't want the tighter stator. I'm like, give me the fuck a tighter stator. <laughs> I'm not you know? asking you. I'm yeah, telling you. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, because he's uh, he's up in Ohio, and I'm like, I'll send you crab cakes if it doesn't work, you know, because he loves, you know, we're in Maryland, and, you know, he loves a place down here that's got good crab cakes. Right. So I put it in, and it went faster, you know, and I'm like, dude, like, there's a to a point where turbo cars, they're a little different. Like, they want to be lugged up a little bit, you know. Compared to like blower stuff, I mean, it just wants to be so loose and it, it's so nice with the tuning window and the starting line, too. If the track's only mediocre, you can control with dump valves and everything else and yeah. have it flash super high. And it's just very controllable. It doesn't try to take the tire off. I think turbo cars are very hard to tune, especially on mediocre tracks on a radial. It's just extremely hard to get after them um, if it's not perfect. And you have to have your combo dialed in. So, you know. so these so these people that are out there um, that stick to even on the Mustang world, they stick to the stock converter on TVS stuff. And eventually, when they reach the 800, 850 horsepower range, that sucker just blows apart. That sucker yep. just goes ba boom, and it is not built to mm -hmm. take that kind of torque, that kind of, of abuse. Do you see something similar like that in the in the Chevy world? So yeah, that's kind of why I texted you the other day. I'm like, man, these fucking guys on this poster, like. I don't. I didn't even comment on the post. I actually, I did, and I said, kind of called him out on it. There's this big shop in the GM game that built this car. It's got a lot of money in it. They've been trying to go sevens for a couple of years now, um, and they said they have a stock converter in the car. I went eight oh something, um, twenty six fifty. And the thing is, man, like if you have all this money in this car, why the fuck do you have a stock converter in it? That's just stupid. It looks so dumb on you. One, like, one just, do you believe them? Or two, do you think they do and they're playing with fire? So I don't believe them because there was another post that their transmission company posted. Uh, 
and on Instagram saying, here's our stage two transmission on our billet stator converter. Well, that a- this car is running and they posted a video and I, I was like, dude, <laughs> so one or two people are lying here. Either they're lying or you guys are lying. You guys are both fucking shops. Right. So, or you just don't know what the fuck you have in it at this point. Cause I don't even know. And I'll just, it just kind of pissed me off because other people on that post saying I was going to change the converter. And now I'm not because you're going this fast on a stock converter. So let me back up two steps. It's not about going faster with aftermarket converter in this situation. Uh, it's about your safety. So these converters and a 10 speed are a single lockup and the stators are an issue. You, the, they'll roll the fins over backwards in them, even wow. a 900 wheel. Okay. And this car apparently makes almost 1500, which I have a hard time believing, but whatever. So <laughs> 2650? Yeah. Uh, I've made 1400, and it's very hard to do that. And we backed it up in the silver car. We've right. been 480s. That's fat. That's worth 1400, in my sure. opinion. You know, All this day. car ain't even fucking close to that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's crazy like, when you've built it and then someone else claims it and you're like then where's the disparity why am i a 480 car in the eighth and you're like uh i don't know a 520 or a 530 exactly, or whatever exactly he's been team the five teens but like let me tell you something <laughs> even 5-0 is a long ways from 480 at that yep, level a hundred percent it's not even absolutely. close it's not even in the hemisphere so you know he's out here saying that he runs on a stock converter and i'm like like, I don't even, I just kind of turn my head because it like pisses me off to tell the general public a, a lie, you know, why lie? Because like, it can be dangerous, man. Like I've had 10 speeds split apart on me before and set the airbags off. I, I saw the white car. Uh, Del, yeah. Del yeah. Car. So what happens? And then we figured out why it does that. You know, it, something in the transmission in the back planetary fails and it cocks it and it just binds the gears up and blows them apart. Okay. But. Same thing with converters, like in race cars, man. I've seen them blow apart because of the heat and they'll roll the fins over backwards and the stators or whatever the case might be. These stock parts are not made to go that fast. So if he has stock stuff in there, he's playing with fire. If he doesn't and you're saying you do, you're lying. So either way, you look like a dumbass, in my opinion. You know, it's just the problem with the general public is that they're grossly misinformed and, and not just grossly misinformed, they're ignorant. And, and again, I'm not saying this to be a dickhead, but I'll give you an example. So drag week is have a uh, sick week is happening right now. And Brett LaSalle is leading um, mm-hmm. a pro mod. So now mm-hmm. the, the popular meme right now is a stock block coyote is right now beating a pro mod in average. And I'm like, wait a minute. One of them went six, one at two thirty something. Mm-hmm. with a slick the other one went 629 at 224 i'm like okay so the people that see that post they'll say oh all i need is a stock block coyote and i'm good no no it mm-hmm. is a stock block cast but mm-hmm. the amount of work to make that thing survive has been through a lot of r&d revisions mm-hmm. let's just say that but the problem is the general public's gonna go i was building me a big block chevy this and fuck that i'm like no no keep going down that path if you know <laughs> what you know because yeah. if you grab a f-150 coyote stock throw it in it's gonna explode at 9 psi and you're gonna wonder yep. oh someone's lying to me is mm-hmm. is is brett or is brett lying to me is facebook lying to me so mm-hmm. i don't think they even want to do the research like for example i'm trying to get this fair amount to run a number do you mm-hmm. think I'm going to get a cage? And aside from that, I'm going to talk to people that have done it before. You and others, I'm going to mm-hmm. say, where should I go if this is my goal? I'm not just going to go, 
Facebook said that's a stock block, so I'm gonna. You know, it's just so fucking stupid. So that's the <laughs> drag and drive layman crowd, mm-hmm. and those guys don't even realize that there is a thing called U.S. Nationals. There's a thing called Ducks races where cars that like okay, the car that won the unlimited class at World Cup was a big block Chevy twin turbo Catfish Camaro mm-hmm. against the the GTR that had a Hemi in it. I think mm-hmm. it went five sixty in the quarter. Mm-hmm. I went fuck like mm-hmm. that's like three what, what's that a three 380 car or three <sighs> high 360 car? yeah i would say you're probably 70s somewhere in there so you've actually brought up a point i want to bring up about a couple different things like these I, I i'm not talking i don't want people to take this the wrong way especially if like brett lasala might watch this no, i don't know t- tons of respect i'm not saying yeah. i'm saying the people that see that and they well Fuck up the yeah. message. So that's what I was getting at. I want to use him as a, a a little bit of an example of what goes on. That thing's fast. It's on rails. I won't take nothing from it. Um, I looked at his increments and I'm like, man, the thing like it's not leaving hard. Like he's got more on the table, and yeah. I'm sure he knows it. Um, he's been one O's before, but he's he hovers in the one ones around mm-hmm. there. So you know, it's on cruise control early, and it gets down, and it went like a low twenty four twenty something, and I think he snuck into the teens that last run there, and. You know, he'll probably go faster before the end of the week, so because you can see it, you know, if yep. you know what you're looking at. So, but what's he have for a combination on that twin 80s or something? It, I, I, that I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about the turbo size. Yeah. So, you know, but that's, that's something that's not really class specific built to go and win at Ducks Race or Correct. US Street Nationals. And let me tell you, it is completely different to go one of them races you ride around the pits at nighttime after the racing's over pro mods are putting spare motors in <laughs> uh pro 75 is putting pistons in them because dude it, it's a big difference when you start going and leaning on your combination because you're so specific on rules now i know there's rules in the in the drag and drive sick week stuff but it's really laid back compared to real racing in my oh opinion. yeah you like know? the lund the car doesn't fit any class anywhere it's too mm-hmm. big of a turbo too heavy um it just doesn't fit anywhere and as a matter of fact we were like actually looking a little fast at world cup like to the mm-hmm. point where we would never even try to go back to street fighter because we don't think it, you know when it starts going 209 at the end of the people are going to start going what what the, what the fuck and brett's car to me is like a you know, FL2K, TX2K, yep. and uh, Warriors class car, yep. uh, at, and 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 that's what he's built for. But I don't think he's interested in class racing. But but I'm sorry to interrupt. But keep no, going no. Right I mean, you had a good point. Like you, all the stuff you just mentioned, including Warriors, are kind of more laid back stuff. Um, Warriors is just a LDR class that's dummy down for people that don't want to blow their car up every weekend. Okay. LDR is. 380s you know so like that gray mustang i do if i had a real chassis under it things piece of shit but if i had a real chassis <laughs> under it, i think it's so badass you're like yeah that's eh, a piece of shit <laughs> we went 410 with his tongue hung out dude i got 80 pounds on the front left of that car so it doesn't try to track the trailer going down the racetrack right the ani rolls bent up i got rear steering it like it's bad it's to the point where it's unsafe now if i had a real car even a stock style suspension car, but like something nicer than that thing, I could go three nineties in it. You know, it's got the power to do it. I know it does, but I'm not, you know, we can go fast from what we're going, but like, I'm not trying to put the driver in the wall, you right. know? So 
Um, and that's kind of what Warriors is, you know, so you have a combination, but like the car might not be there or like Nitrous, for example, like them guys might turn, take some jets out of it because they don't want to work on them every weekend, that kind of a thing, you know, and it's the same that goes with Texas 2K and stuff and, and uh, in my opinion, and, and it's not a series, you know, um, these guys going down the U.S. Street Nationals and Pro Mod Racing, dude, have three motors and they go through them like, you know, so for example, you said a pro mod, like I was, I was, a, a real pro mod is not going to drag and drive, you know, or correct sick week and going sixes. Like there's a, there's a nitrous car I do and he's letting off in the eighth and with the shoots out, he'll go six Oh five at 80 mile an hour, <laughs> you know, that's real pro mod racing. That's not, and, um, you know, so these guys eighth mile race and I Carson, the boy that works for me mentioned how you like the quarter mile stuff. I guess he was listening to your live. I had yeah, it yeah, yeah, the yeah. other day, but at that level, man, it's so dangerous. So like we were down at us street nationals. There's this guy, Todd Moyer. And I don't know if you've seen, it's got a blue. New yeah. The thing went five one. Yeah. And so, I was like, and, dude, I, and, I, and I was excited because I saw a actual quarter mile run and I went shit. But then I saw how much runoff he had and how fucking fast he was going. And I went, maybe that class and pro 275 and maybe LDR. Nah, mm-hmm. not LDR can stop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, pro 275 and pro mod, mm-hmm. um, I would think those guys would be eighth mile because they're going 200 in the eighth. You know, mm-hmm. so um, when I saw that car run, I did a whole show about it. I said, I am 46 years old. And I remember when fours was top fuel funny car shit. Mm-hmm. And this thing went five one. There will be a four second pro mod, you know, probably this year. So, so go ahead on that. Yeah, no. So I wanted to tell you a little st- background story. I was down there when that happened. And I know Carl, uh, he's got a shop called Extreme Racing Engines. And he built the car. It's actually, I think it's a Bickle car, but he built an engine or whatever. It's his common, it's his baby, you know? Um, and I know him well. And, and, um, he went up there and went three forty nine in the eighth before that run. And I went over to the pit and I'm like, damn, that motherfucker's rolling. Right. Dude, three forty nine's like dumb, dumb. It's fucking fast. Right. And I'm like, damn. So he's like, watch this. <laughs> so he goes back up and dude, how fast that car so i come over to the pit after he went five he went nine twenty something 60 foot which is like average pro mod 60 foot like that's a good 60 foot but that's not on fire like uh on fire 60 foot's 90 something 905 fuck me um damn it yeah but 920 is good it's not yes. slow mm-hmm. um and he went 239 to the middle which is hauling the fucking mail and then he went 345 at 237 in the eighth and that's what impressed me more actually what impressed me more about the whole run because i pro mod race and i tune pro mods and stuff and i see the middle splits and back splits and how hard it is to gain from the 330 to the back he went 106 back split from the 330 to the eighth dude that's got to be making 6,000 horsepower are you serious yeah it's insane so I come back after the run, and he didn't even make it to the quarter. By the way, yeah, he, he I, you, you could tell he let off a little bit because the mile an hour didn't really make sense, right? Yeah, yeah. it was like two fifty something, two seventy three. It went, <laughs> but he didn't make it. <laughs> so, yeah, was he out of gear? Was he out of RPM? No, I don't. You're gonna get to it. 
he I come over and he's like, dude, I don't know where the fuck I was. From the eighth to the quarter, it was a blur. He's like, the windshield was coming in at me. <laughs> I'm like, damn. So so I'm like, holy fuck. So it just it fucked the car up though. The windshield was coming in at him and it destroyed the tires. I'm like, sure he's it killed the it, motor. Like, what did it yeah, do to the motor? It actually didn't shit. kill it that pass. I want to say it had to put a motor in it. I don't know for sure, but I know they're having some issues. They're on seven cylinders two passes later, so I don't know. what. <laughs> I didn't go back over there because usually when you're putting motors in or pistons or working on it, no one in that crew or any crew at all is in the mood to talk to anybody. Correct. So, so I let them you know, be or whatever. I don't know what exactly what happened. I mean, it could have been a spark plug wire off. I don't know, but um, the amount of how fast that car was for a door car to do that, it's trying to break the car in half. It's trying to rip the tire apart. Like it's starting to be, like you said, top fuel. Like, and it's almost unbelievable how fast that is, you know, aerodynamic wise, like, yeah, they're aerodynamic, but they're not top fuel rated. Like top fuel's big, big, they have a big, big wing in the back. Yeah. Pushing everything down. It's I don't know if you know this, narrow. but like top fuel has like 11,000, pounds of downforce on the wing. Right, right. So, like, Promods ain't got that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got a little less than that, you know, and it's just sketchy to do that. And um, they didn't go back up for a quarter mile run because the tire had one pass on it. And oh, they're trying to just, rip them apart. Dude, if you would have blew a tire out going that fast. Oh, my like, God. I mean, he, he'd be mincemeat. It'd be yeah, terrible. It'd be the worst thing It's not ever. rated to go that fast. So, um, if you look at the video, the parachutes coming out of it look like trying to rip the parachutes off the back of the car. Yeah, you know? yeah. That so, that so he did that. No, no, that that wasn't like um, a sanctioning thing. Like he just did it just cause. Like is can does every pro mod that was in like a U.S. Street Nationals event or something like that? Do they have the gearing to make it to the quarter, or are they optimized for the eighth? They're all optimized for the eighth. I think I didn't go in too much detail about what they did with that one, but. Usually on a blower car or a turbo car, you can kind of spin them pretty hard in one of them Hemis, and so you can get away with another thousand RPM. But you got a lock up in them, but yeah. so that thousand RPM can get you a good bit. Um, so you know, I'm sure in the in the back of those cars, on a 36 inch slick, they grow. They'll grow yeah, six eight inches. So was so, it rubbing? Was it rubbing internally, like on the tub? No, but what I'm getting at is when they grow it tries to turn the motor backwards. So like you don't really have to gear them as much as you think to run them out there because the further you go, the more the tire, the, the taller the tire is. Yeah. Oh, I get it. So you're basically numerically lowering the gear ratio. The taller the tire yeah. is the faster you're going on the track. Yeah. <clears throat> That's interesting. So let me, let me talk about the prep situation. So mm -hmm. let's say, let's say I'm pro mod. Let's stay on. It's kind of both. Um, uh, sick week prep versus mm -hmm. pro mod prep. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have a pro mod that has drag radial prep, what are the challenges? Let's say you have on kill mm -hmm. ducks races, fucking drag radial prep, and then you stick a pro mod in there. What are the challenges to making that sucker get down the track? Everything. You got to change the four link. You got to change your tune up. You got to change everything. Like, because the problem with a pro mod, man, it's not, and a lot of people don't know this, but like, it's, really hard to run that big tire it's actually not as easy as what you would think radials are extremely easy either it's going to go or not period you know so it's just going to stick or it's just going to knock them and if it sticks you just got to keep the front end down that's really what it comes to so big tire stuff 
Man, it is extremely hard. You got to get the tire turning at an XYZ wheel speed early. If it's too slow too early, it comes into a tire shake. If it's too fast too early, it goes into a tire shake. 100 feet out. It doesn't necessarily affect you on the start line. So when you got a super glued track, you don't want as much bite on a pro mod stuff. Um, or like you got to change your tune up on your bottle pressures in a nitrous car. You might leave a more bottle pressure, but that affects your tune up down the track because you got to throw more fuel at it because you got more bottle pressure or, or your bottle pressures taper off. So say if you leave at 975 bottle pressure, they taper off to 800 at the end of the run. You really want them as close as possible. So if you can leave with 850 bottle pressure, it's actually more of a liquid at that point than gas. Um, the lower you can race your uh, with the bottle pressure lower and have less drop through the run, the more consistent your fuel tune up and everything else is going to be. And a lot of people don't see that. Right. People just um, go the rule of thumb over a thousand and not worry yeah. about anything else. But again, uh, not talking pro mod stuff. We're talking layman mm-hmm. regular stuff. So because I see drag and drive happening and every single time they go, it's radial prep. It's always a radial prep. So then you get a big tire Corvette from Australia mm-hmm. and he goes out there and he is bouncing all over the fucking place. It's borderline dangerous. Um, but then the drag radial cars are actually getting down like Los mm-hmm. Alas car gets down. And most of the radial cars that have a four link or a long arm style four link uh, have an advantage if they have a drag radial. Um, do you even care about drag and drive stuff because of that inconsistency of prep? Or do you just look at it and go, it's just a bunch of guys that don't really have class cars that have really, really fast potential to be fast, having somewhere to go just to prove that they can have a, the fastest street car in America that year, that, that event. Yeah. It's more for, I think the drag and drive and sick or whatever the fuck it's all called. Sick week. It's sick week. Then there's, then there's, I don't know, drag week. So yeah, all that bullshit, you know, all (laughs) of them, the Texas 2k thing, a a race. That's not a series, I should say. Okay. In my opinion. Um, It's it's not, it's just one year, one, one. I mean, they they didn't have uh, a Lambos have parachutes and a lot Mm -hmm. of crashes happened that year where things were just fucking flying apart. Now they're like, okay, I raced my Fairmont there running eights with no cage. And yeah. no fucking parachute and yeah. and Fox body brakes. So now they yeah. now they're like, okay, let's change it up. Yeah, well everything's getting faster, but like back to your you know, what my opinion is, it's like your op your second option. Like I think it's just more for clout chasing. I think it's a lot of YouTube guys that do it. I think mm-hmm. it's people that cannot fit into a class and can't I wouldn't say can't race, but they don't race competitively. Like, dude, it's a real eye opener if you transform one of your sick week cars into a PDRA car and try to race with the big boys. Cause it's, you ain't going to qualify. It's not going to happen. Right. No. We've seen it. Like, like yeah. what, what, what can, uh, uh, like pro two seventy five cars in the eighth mile live in the three eighty three seventy high three seventy three eighty range. Right. So no, um, pro two seventy five, which is just a, tw- it's a 28 inch tall tire to, you know, two seventy five sixty fifteen. They're like three eighties is, this past weekend, that was probably mid-pack. Um, that was helping a car down there that he made it to the finals and went a 71. Um, so you get, And he lost to a 66. Wow. So, yeah, those guys are starting to win. You can go – you got to go high 60s. Now, to go down there and show up and qualify, I think the bump was 4-0, which is, like, real slow for that class. Um, this past week in Florida, it was all kind of real slow. Pro my bump was only 380. Usually it's mid 60s. 
and it's so tight. You know, you got 32 cars from 359 to 365 that qualify. Right. And that's what I'm talking about with how tough it is to race, you know, and the radials are the same way. Like it really just depends on the weather. If it's a greasy track, you know, but if it's 70 degrees outside, man, you better have your A game on because it's a tight field. Everyone's going to be, you know, running, yeah. running really good. It does kind of hurt me seeing like the flow racing channel and you see all these U.S. street nationals and the stands aren't packed. I'm saying it's, they're not. They're well, not packed. That's and what I'm I, like. I, I wanted to get at that. And this is kind of, you know, the other part of what I wanted to talk about. Like the general public is so fascinated with these other races because they do an extremely good job at marketing it. Um, now, in my opinion, with the U.S. Street Nationals and and all these other NMCA and, you know, if you're really not NHRA, the stands really don't get packed unless you're a no prep king or whatever. But, you know, I think the racing world is in kind of a wrong spot with, with the spotlight. And it kind of goes back to a couple different things um people getting free things like these girls shaking their asses on instagram <laughs> you know it's like they're giving shit to the wrong people it's Dude. in the wrong spotlight yeah and um the real guys are the ones that are at the racetrack and the stands aren't packed and it's a good show i don't understand why people like if people are fascinated by a promo going 620s or but brett lasala going 620 or whatever which is fast come to a real race and they're going like, holy fuck. You know, it's like, it's way different, you know, and it's very tight racing. You know, it's not one hit wonders. It's not solo runs. It's a three sixty five to a three sixty four, And it comes down to the tree, you know, and I'll, I'll uh, be honest. Um, I was one of those guys. Um, not because I'm like somehow having this epiphany where I'm like, I'm a real racer now. No, I'm a nobody, but I did concentrate on the street car game. And once the whole EPA stuff went down, I said, it doesn't matter if the car is street worthy or not. Racing is racing and fast is fast. So on the chat yesterday, people were asking me, Alex, if you were to build a drag car, what would you do? I'd get, I said, I'd get a big block Chevy and twin turbo mm -hmm. and then I'll, I'll fit a class. And they're like, well, that's fucking stupid. Why don't you do coyote? I go, because a coyote at 2,500 horse is stressing the fuck out. A big block Chevy yep. is going, oh, is that all you fucking got? You know? <laughs> so let's say Alec Bledsoe wants to run wants to run pro 275 give me your engine combo depends what day it is um well definitely definitely not a small block car so it's funny i'll get to that in a second i just want to tell you, i just want to tell you something that you just brought up so i was down at u.s street nationals with a truck and they have a truck class no time truck class and this truck has a ls in it so the single and these trucks he's running man have newtons in them with big 140 f4 pro chargers or screws Fuck. on them Shit. brad anderson hemis and i mean these guys ain't buying in trucks and i'm like dude <laughs> we blew the intake off the thing right <laughs> don't name the company yeah so maybe if, like you, I, shake, maybe if you shake your asshole on camera yeah. maybe they'll send you something yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, I, they're taking care of it. There are some issues that we okay. have, and I cool. will say they're taking care of it, but that was a good one. <laughs> um, so we blew it into and We're over here. Back pressure is two to one on this thing. Like it's got its tongue hung out, and we're fast. But I turned to Jason. That's the guy that owns the trucks. I mean, we really need a big block. I said, this is we got a knife and a gunfight dude like it's hard because small block man you're working on it when, when you're trying to go 
four O's and three nineties. It's just, it's hard. So back up the pro two seventy five to answer your question. Yes. That'd be a big block. And to be honest with you, dude, I'm not a big turbo person when it comes to going that fast because it's so hard to control it. Okay. Um, tuning wise. So yes, it makes the most power and lives the best. Everything about it's good. Besides the power management, you can't make them run early on, especially on a radial. It's very hard to make them run early. Okay. Um. So my combination would be a nitrous car, like a big, as big as cubic inch you can get. Nine fifty nine is the limit. Um, and it'd be a nitrous car, and the reason why is because it's not all about the mile per hour, Dave. It's to get there first, yeah. and the nitrous stuff's very good to control, or it'd be a screw blower car with mechanical injection. Like I'm a fuel injection guy, but I'd have mechanical injection on it because it's so sorted out. You'd be starting from scratch with fuel injectors. Like there's guys out there running fuel injection on ProMod stuff, and they're having a hard time popping the blowers off all the time, and they just can't get them right yet. You know, the technology ain't there; they haven't figured them out. Um, but what's the difference between having 20 injectors in it and 20 uh, nozzles changing the jets? There really is none. It really at that level, dude. It comes to power management and who can get to the finish line first. You know, in my I, opinion, I think I've been, I've been fascinated by nitrous stuff lately only because I see the deadly consistency. You don't really yep. have to worry. You don't have to worry about DA generally. Um, con, you know, you can control a lot of things. Um, it's just a matter of and the packaging. The packaging mm-hmm. is probably a lot less bullshit uh, when it comes to just making that work. Bottle pressure, I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of controllers and shit mm-hmm. going off and clicking all over the place. But imagine what the interior of a nitrous car looks like versus a turbo car versus mm-hmm. a, well, screw blower. That, that could be. They're easy, easy actually. Screw blower stuff or any pro charger. Was, any yeah, blower is easy. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy. Pretty- Only thing you got is a timing curve. They're, that, they're good. I just can't stand pro chargers. I just don't know. Just, I'm, uh, me neither. I, I'm, I I'm, I'm, I'm just not a fan of, of any pro if I'm having a blower on it, it's going to have a screw hanging out of the hood. Like, it's just what it is. You know? <laughs> so, okay. So, let's change the uh, the step a little bit. Let's say you want to build a car like a Texas 2K car. Do you what? What is the combo? Meaning, all out, whatever the fuck, it doesn't matter. Are you still going to stick with a nitrous? It's, no. a quarter, it's a quarter mile car. It's yeah. something that has to have street in it, meaning two or three stupid rules. Um, what would you What would you select then for a power? I'd probably be a turbo car. Twin okay. turbo car because it's extremely easy to go fast with for a lot cheaper. At that level, it's more street car stuff. You don't want to work on it every night in the pit, right? You know, um, and a he- it's a heavy car. It- it's just the turbos because you're more than likely building a Coyote or a LS or small engine at that point. It's not nearly, it's not straining it nearly as bad. You know, turbo stuff's just really easy on things, and it's quarter mile, so you got to have the steam to run out the back door. And, you know, it's just, like I said, it's just easy, you know, so at, why the, not at a, that level. Why not a big block Chevy with twin turbos? Well, I, yeah, well yeah, yeah, I would do a big block for sure if it's allowed. You know? No, no, it, anything's allowed, dude. It's like, yeah. it's like run what you're wrong. As long as the car has like a DOT front and rear, that's it. That's the rule. No, no one Dude, piece from it. Let me tell you something. If someone built a big block twin turbo car, they could fuck every car up in Texas 2K. But they do have them. Cletus, 
Okay, it's... I know, I know you're gonna roll your eyes. I know. Look, me, <laughs> me, me, and you are in the same fucking wavelength. I said yeah. that guy doesn't dominate. He either doesn't have enough. Ch- I, th- I just think it's in the wrong chassis. I, I just think no. that setup is in the wrong chassis. And um, there is a RX7, but you know, it's an RX7 with turbo sticking out of it, a green one. I forget the guy's name. Um, but that car is a twin turbo. Um, and it's a six second car. So I wonder why no one has built a murder death kill combo for 2k because you have four races a year basically you have warriors potentially you have um fl2k tx2k and i forget there's something else somewhere it's sprinkled in in between like i don't know why people don't build something stupid to run in the fives and just you know kill shit and i i just don't know why they don't do it well i mean i don't know for sure but i'll i'll speak on cletus you know, nothing against them, but um, <laughs> might have to edit this out. <laughs> no, no. But, we, uh, <laughs> okay, go ahead. Say what you want to say. But um, so, like, it's about the clout for him, you know. So yeah. he wants to build an El Camino because of Telia brother, you know. So you might be right. I don't pay attention to him too terribly much. I don't know if he has a chassis or not. Um, not not like not like you think an, a, a three thousand horsepower SMX should have. You know? So let me just put this into a factor. Okay, this is a good example of a truck, truck quote unquote. Jason with his red truck with a small block single is the running red with these the guys. red the red truck. Yeah. Okay. He's running with these guys down here at U.S. Street Nationals. Jason said something to um, Cletus the other day when. I guess he's seen him at Bradington. He says, why don't you run your El Camino? And he asked him, and he's like, how fast are these guys going? And he's like, 390s, 80s, 40s. And he ain't there. So that just goes to show you, at that level of racing, you ain't fucking with them boys. You know, it's just, even though your combo, he didn't build, he didn't build it specifically to race that, but you know, but he's probably not leaning on that thing to race with them guys, and that's what right. these drag and drive that the sick week stuff like they gotta they ain't leaning on them, you know. And it's just not like in me. It's just my opinion, but it, what impresses me is what something runs like if you have a good combination that runs good for what it is. If that if that kind of makes sense, like if you have a small block single car that goes four zero. Badass. And then you have a fucking big block twin turbo car. I don't care if it weighs 3,700 fucking pounds. Why the fuck do you build a 3,700 pound car? <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> so Look, it's like, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, what what would you think the max weight on a car like that? Like, I don't think a three should be in front of a car that mm-hmm. that, that runs a fucking number. Mm-hmm. So what would you be in the 26, 2700 pound range or high 2000s? So, so if I, if someone like talks about, if we're talking about weight, like in race car terms, I'm like, someone tells me something's 2900, like, damn, that's heavy. Like, heavy, right. You know, um, on a radial status, you know, pro mod racing, if you're 2750, you're heavy. Okay. You know, nitrous cars are down to 2500 and some change with a driver. So, but it really matters. That 200 pounds really matters because the field is so tight. So you have to be at weight. Um, and then other cars that these guys build for sick week, just they ain't fucking with them. It's just, they can't. 
You yeah, know? I don't. I, I think, and you know, I, I, that's the problem. I, I think a lot of people are exposed to racing only at 2K, only at FL, only at Sick Week, and mm -hmm. then I turn on the TV or Flow Racing, which does not have great coverage, but it is what it is, mm -hmm. and you start really doing the math on the numbers, and I'm like. That is a half second quicker than what I think was badass in the in the other events in the eighth. Mm -hmm. Never mind the quarter. So while the sick week stuff, FL two K TX two K stuff is insanely impressive, it doesn't hold a candle to what these limited rule cars have to be. They have to weigh a certain amount. They can't have a certain combo depending on power adder. They they're limited by what cubic inch turbo size. There's a every bunch of year. limits, so Tire, they have everything. Man. Yeah, so it's they just... have to live in a sandbox that's very tightly scrutinized, and then um, maximize that combo. And it is like so fucking fast. But again, I'm not here to talk, take away from anyone else running the other streetcar classes. I'm just saying when it comes to class racing. It's night and day. It's it's apples mm -hmm. and oranges, and and a lot of people just don't even care to watch PDRA uh, nationals and ducks races. When I went to my first ducks race, I was hooked. I was mm -hmm. like, "This is badass shit." And anything else that I saw was like, "Meh." But mm -hmm. in my job, my job is to live in the streetcar world, mm -hmm. and I'm like, for streetcar stuff, this is extremely quick. Mm -hmm. So we're you're probably caught in both because I'm both. And that's why I wanted to talk about, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. Sorry to cut it, you off. No, 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 you're good. And, and it's interesting. So does one impress you more than the other? Like your Camaro running eight twenties is extremely um, impressive, but then people go, well, this guy went sevens. And I'm like, motherfucker, he has a 2650. If I put a 2650 combo, my shit, I'd be running seven seventies, mm -hmm. you know, but, but do you not let that get to you? Because no, I don't let it get to me. Um, and I don't care because like, dude, I know what it takes to go 770 and a 2650. I did it five years ago. So it's easy, you know, and Greg Kong's car, like we ran that twice and it went 175 mile an hour, 850. Granny shift in the thing. Right, right. right. Like <laughs> full interior, nothing gutted, both seats in the car, air conditioning, the whole nine. Now we did a badass motor that I probably wouldn't sell it's a solid roller. I probably wouldn't sell that to your average streetcar guy. I'd dummy the motor down just a smidge. Not much, but it's still good 170, you right. know? Um, so, yeah, I, it depends. Like, yes, I think my car is – I'll put it into terms of to get my car to go 820s, I've taught my guys that work for me a lot about how you fuck shit up. Um. <laughs> And they look at me sideways. They don't do it anymore, but they look at me sideways and they're like, we'll be at the racetrack. I'm like, we're changing. We're sliding the piston in this bitch. Like, that's how I, I'm a racer. So, like, a lot of people in the streetcar game would hang it up. Like, oh, my God, it's blown up. Like, no, if that cylinder is good, if that if that cylinder wall is okay, we're getting the hone out and we're putting a ring and a slug in this bitch and going back up. You know, it's like, <laughs> so... So those um, those so that's the sorry to cut you off there but mm -hmm. um so you bring the race car uh uh techno uh, mindset mm -hmm. to the street car mindset and it confuses people right they're like wait a minute mm -hmm. what you're gonna put a piston in this thing mm -hmm. like in coyote you can't do that you just mm -hmm. coyote you got chains you got shit everywhere to put a piston in it you're you might as well just throw a whole nother motor in it it's a mm -hmm. lot quicker a lot more simple and that's what I think people do they just shove another coyote yeah. in it. 
if I had a Coyote car that went 820s and that was the easier option, you better best believe I have a spare motor on the trailer. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, LS is a little different. But anyways, to go back and answer your question, to go 820s in my combination, I'll tell you how hard it is. It's just as hard to do that than to go three mid-360s in a Pro 275 car. That's how much goes into that. Um, and that's why I don't think someone might catch it, but they ain't going to weigh 3,700 pounds doing it. Oh, you know, if I you're think can, you know, um, to make the power I did, dude, it took a lot of money and time. Um, and you better best believe when I went to world cup, I had a spare 10 speed in there. I had spare rods. I had spare, you know, not the brake one, but if I beat the bearing out of it, you know, I'm going to have another rod to put in there with a piston or I had every I had spare diff, I had spare axles, I had spare everything. You came Head ready. Gaskets, everything, right? Everything. So actually, when we rolled my car out Tuesday evening at uh, World Cup, this is how last minute. Like we weren't last minute. We were, but we weren't. We were very prepared to go, and I knew it was going to be a question with I have copper gaskets and it's got hoops in it. Okay, and I knew it was going to be a question because. Um, Hold on. Can you say that again? Can you just tell me what kind of gaskets are in there real quick? I, and I'll tell you the backstory later. What kind of gaskets were in there? Copper. Okay. That, that's all. I'll tell you about it later. Go ahead. Keep okay. going. <laughs> so, and I wouldn't do that in streetcar, but we'll get to that. But anyways. <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, so anyways, it was leaking in between the head and the block. And I had a feeling it might've done that. Sometimes it'll clean up because, you know, you get heat cycles in it and it might clean up. And I was like, man, so we tried to retort the heads on the dyno. And I was like, eh, it didn't, it did. It sealed up on the dyno. And I'm okay. like, let's take a peek at this. Sure. Shit. We get it out of the trailer. It's leaking. I said, all right, Tuesday evening. Now we had the head off at nine 30 at night. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> I'm like, well, I just had to put some silicone around the copper gasket and put it back on. It was fine. It's just something I kind of, you know, I should have put more of it on when I initially put the engine together, but it is what it is. But I'm, I, I have no quit. I'll fight until the end, you know? So if we won first round and I burnt it up, you better best believe I'm, we're, I, everyone had a job at World Cup to do exactly, you know, we had, I'm very organized. So like Kyle does this, Fuzz does this, Alex does this, and no one gets in the way. And I don't even work on it. I look at the tune up and I analyze the thing for the next round. But I brought the race car stuff to the street car. Not I would say, but street car, but we are racing it, you know. Right. And we do the same thing with real fast stuff, like XYZ, you know, XYZ people do xyz things and it's very organized and i had it all planned out in case we needed to do that and i would have tried my best to fix it before next round no matter what it is if i burnt the trans up if i did we had an extra cdf drum in the trailer just for that trans we wow. took the trans out put a cdf drum put it back together put it in we didn't have to do it but we we had to do it on the dyno at my shop and i said okay before we go taking anything apart this is a prime example of what could happen in between rounds. So I got my guys together. They got to stop, watch out. They got the trans out of it, took the trans apart, put a CDF drum in it, put it back together, had it in, and it was less than two hours. Oh, wow. You know, so we're very organized with that. And that's competitive racing to win. You got to be like that. So know? what um, have you, have things happened in the industry 
that slightly take that away. Because I'm going to be honest with you, uh, I'm a little older than you are, but I haven't been in the industry as long. But I've seen so much shit that I kind of like slowly start to step back from racing because of the bullshit. And, and mm-hmm. it, it you don't even want to be, um, sometimes there are days that you don't even want to be affiliated with yeah. racing or motorsports. Like what things, what kind of things happen on your end that slowly eat away and erode your love for racing? What, what things can happen in the industry that erode your passion for racing? Um, the, a, a lot of lies with the shops out there. It's really the shop owners, honestly, and the street car stuff. So forget the race cars for a minute. It's really, it's not the race car guys. You know, they, they fuck shit up and they get over it or whatever. These street car guys, man, you blew it. <laughs> Dude, you, I feel the same way. I Just seeing it your face, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm there. I'm there already. Yeah. I'm dead I'm there. inside. Yeah, I'm dead inside because you can burn something up and I'm not the person that makes fun of someone else for burning something up if you're trying something or whatever, but I'm going to fix that and fit and, and learn from my mistakes. Um, these other guys just really gouge at you if they catch wind of that uh, in the streetcar game. So, you know, for example, if someone got wind that I burnt my trains up in my car, for example, I didn't, but if I did, there would be so much talk about because they want you to fail. And this is, I don't even know why it's like that, man. Like I want other people to succeed because it makes the game better, but the streetcar industry, they just want you to fail because they're jealous. That's what I, that's the only thing I can think of. Like, I don't want other people to fail my competitor. Like I, like I was talking about earlier with that Noonan 2650 deal, dude, I hope he goes seven seventies. It should. I'm just talking about it slow. And I don't know what the fuck they got going on, but, they should go seven seventies and I'll I'll speak how it is, you know? And it's just, and that also is a turnoff for me. It's like, wow, we really come to this. We got all this money and something and we can't go sevens. You know, it's just like, what are we doing here? You know, it's just, I've met people that put a hundred thousand dollars into the coyote Mustang and they can't run any better than like a guy that does it part time fucking around, but has a lot of race knowledge. Like there's a couple of guys that I know that used to race big block stuff and small block stuff back in the day. They put a coyote in it and the car's running within a 10th or two of like shop times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, that guy just has more know-how. But then people want to know what there's a secret sauce. There's nitrous. There's this and that. And those are the guys that are, I think are the guys that watch streetcar stuff, not the guys that really know the nitty gritty when it comes to suspension tuning, uh, converter selection. Like there are people out there that think that uh, a coyote should run a certain number depending on a certain mod. And they take the, um, let's say the experience of the owner and throw it out the window. I'll give you a quick example of that. I put out a, a, a thing on my Fox body. I have a stick Fox body makes 460 wheels. Okay. No big deal. And I, I knew in my mind, I'm like, this is a 1070 car. I'll pump gas. No problem. If I, if I can launch it decent, um, people are like, no way, you know, 1150 because 400 wheel, 3,300 pounds, da, 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 da. So I go to the track and it starts wheel hopping like a motherfucker and doing dumb stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't have adjustable shock. So let me raise the tire pressure a little bit because it's a slick, it's a bias play. Let mm-hmm. me go from 15. Let's go 17. And sure enough, it spun a little bit, but it liked the wheel speed and it mm-hmm. did what it did and it ran into the tens. Everyone must have everyone was like kind of confused. And I was like, well, I've experienced a bias ply. Actually, I have more experience on a bias ply than I do a radial. I knew that if I added air pressure, it would spin a little bit and it would actually help my 60 foot instead of bogging and biting mm-hmm. and doing all this crazy stuff. 
a lot of people take experience in racing and just throw it out the window and think a car should run a certain number for a certain boost number for a certain combo and anything quicker than that or slower than that you're doing something out of the norm have you ever been accused of like oh you got nitrous in it because no one seven goes you know 820s right after we went 820s um if you pay attention to my increments uh it was it really ran hard to the middle like to the eighth i should say uh it went 527 at 133 which is like really strong um the other car was just telling you about it's been 80 but he went like i don't know i i probably gonna be wrong but i remember his mile an hour he went like 512 or something at 137 and i'm like man i really think if i get a little bit more weight out of it and some tuning and i gotta get it to leave a little bit better i think i could go teen low teens at 135 to 137 okay and um you know everyone's like when seven's coming when seven's coming and I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I can get it. You know, I'm just being realistic. Um, I think I can go probably teens pretty easily, but O's I could probably maybe do, but I don't know if I can go in the sevens. Like I'm sit, I sit on my phone calculator laying in my bed at night. I'm like, I'm going to have to do this, <laughs> this, and this to go sevens. Like it's going to be tough, you know, and I'm out of power and, you know, I just ordered another cam for my car today. Wow. And, um, is it just because you want to try stuff because yeah. you have some theories? and Yeah, I have some theories. Like, it's actually the same size cam for the most part. Uh, the lift separation is a smidge bit different, but I got a little bit more duration, a 200 lift now. It's just just changing some stuff around a little bit. Are you playing with the ramp style in, yep. co- incoming and offgoing, yep. you know, on and off? Yeah, yep. I mean, that that's one of those things that a lot of people don't even think about when it comes to cams um the the ramp style Mm -hmm. um but let's not talk about that because people then are going to accuse me of knowing stuff it's stupid (laughs) um so what go ahead sorry no i just want i never really answered the question yes so after i went really fast 820s uh people find it unbelievable when they accuse me of spraying and shops accuse me of spraying i'm like (laughs) i don't know why i'd lie about it man like it's just i can promise you i I'm going to spray it. It's set up for nitrous. Okay. I haven't really told anyone that, but I'm going to spray it. And I promise you when I spray it, they'll know. Cause it's, it's, it's going to go real. I know nitrous. Like I, my, my pro is nitrous. I know how to nitrous tune, even though I never advertise it in a street car. And I hate doing it in street cars right. because you might tune something 900 bottle pressure, 950 bottle pressure, whatever it might be in the shop or on the dyno and they go out and the bottle pressure is too low or they spike at the 1200 and it burns up and then it's your fault. So I try not to even bother with it through the shop with street cars. I, when people call, I just tell them no, but um, it's funny because the boy Dell, the street races, like I guess he's in a bunch of group chats and stuff and you know, people talk shit and they're like, Oh, Alec don't know how to tune no nitrous. And Dell's like, What are you talking about? He, the fastest car he's ever done has been on nitrous. Like, right. he just don't want to do anything with nitrous street cars. And, um, you know, so yeah, I've been accused of nitrous and I, I, I like spraying, I like nitrous, but I promise that car hasn't been on nitrous yet. So. It's, it's funny when I tell people, um, when, I, when a customer says, Hey, what do you think about a 150 shot? I go, Well, my job is to set the timing and fueling for that power level bottle pressure when it comes on 
anything of that sort is 100% up to you. Mm -hmm. I cannot control what you do with your nitrous kit. I cannot control when you activate it. Now, if you have like a window switch or something, I would say, okay, let's bring it on it here. Let's turn it off at here and see what the deal is. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of playing with jet sizes to bring field trims instead of hammering the calibration for the field trims. Um, and I'm a big fan of pulling the plugs and looking at them and see you what they're doing. To. Not right. just racing, you have to pull the plug. But but people, you got to understand, imagine you're on your computer right now tuning, and the guy just doesn't want to pull the plugs. Why? He he bought the car. He he went to a shop. They put the headers on. The shop put the e, the e, uh, the LU47 injectors on, Lund tuned it remotely, and another shop put a nitrous kit on it. This boy doesn't even have a fucking tool set. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even want to take the fucking you thing out no and look at it. no business having nitrous no business and that's know? what i tell people stop with the nitrous unless you guys stop with the nitrous unless you are highly advanced in reading plugs or at least mechanically inclined enough to mm -hmm. do what the tuner asks you and you got to have a consistent bottle pressure all the time so that everything else is consistent uh, it is it is death to me when i hear okay first of all when you when you when you when you uh when they're typing to you and some of the words are finna, like I'm finna. I'm like, oh man, this is this is gonna be fucked up. It's <laughs> sure enough, it's fucked up. Hey, I, I done burned it up. I'm like, yeah, you did done burned it up, bro. Because what the fuck? And and they're like, what happened? What did you do? I'm like, I gave you 20 degrees of timing. That's nothing on fucking mm -hmm. 85, and you still mm -hmm. somehow burned it up. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand not wanting to tune nitrous yeah. stuff because the variables are too much to from uh, the customer. There's only, I can't even count on one hand how many nitrous street cars I tune. Like that, that's it. Like we don't install them. We don't install kits. We don't. There's no money in it because if you do it properly, you can't bill for all the hours you put in it because right. we like to do really nice things. So it, it's very hard. That's just such a funny subject. I love nitrous to death, but I just in race cars, you know that the white ZL one, um coming out this we're going to come back out this year with it and we're talking about like what we can do to improve his you know that car is about done in the first 330 like okay. there is no more picking up like i just don't see how i can pick up it's extremely fast like it is i don't think there's another car in the street that if they were 330 racing i don't think anyone could ever beat it <laughs> like i'm not even kidding it does is it fast. cut does it cut high one twos on the street yeah it's fast Ooh. oh yeah yeah mm. So, fuck um, on the yeah. street. I see a yeah. one four, and I'm excited. A one, one four is fast on the street. But yeah, like but like if you're just... a one three, a one two nine is like fucking dumb. Like fucking his dumb. car, a bad pass on his car. If he, you know, screeches the tires a little bit, will go one forty flat. Oh, like that's a God. that's a bad pass. That's horrible in that car. You know, it's almost as so. fast as some BMWs out there. Have you seen these BMW guys start to flex up in the Maryland area? Like uh, the S S fifty eight. I, I kind of want to talk about you just brought something up that just <laughs> yes. I want to bring something up about I'm doing a podcast right now, but nice. I'm gonna bring something up. No, no, I'm talking about me and you. I oh, guess oh, it's sorry, sorry, podcast. Sorry. Yeah, gotcha. no, no. Yeah, it is. So I wanted to bring something up about podcasts that's been going on. The street the alpha stuff, the street oh, alpha guys. I um, like the street alpha guy, but the guest he has on dude, same here. So I think there's another podcast out there too. I forget their name. The Mexican guys, the guy yes. that said that the, yes. all you need is an E85 map tune. You don't need injectors for E85. Get me <laughs> that guy. I said, "What the fuck did you say?" 
So <laughs> between those two podcasts, the um, Alpha guy, he seems like a super cool dude. Great guy. Like, he's laid back. He just lets everyone else do the talking kind of, and he asks questions, you know. But he's choosing the wrong people to go to. <laughs> dude, these people have no clue what real racing is. But they're the king of New like, York, man. <laughs> uh, dude. <laughs> I mean, it is insane. Of what these guys and it's all just jibber jabbing back and forth of I'll race anyone on here on this highway at this time of night, blah blah blah. And then he goes to the next guy and fuck that guy, you know, in different two different podcasts, and it's like, let's be real here. You guys are never gonna race each other. You're two shop owners that look like clowns right now. It's <laughs> exactly. insane, dude. It's like insane. I told I told people, somebody asked me because the B58, S58, super guy, all this, and BMW guy, you know, uh, someone asked me what I thought about them. I said, I said they're new money. People mm-hmm. said, What do you mean? I said, Well, when you get your first million bucks and you're a millionaire, you buy the chain, you buy the you know, you, you're Flashy. talking to you talking to a stack of cash, you do all that bullshit. S58, B58, BMW guys. They think nines is fucking doing something. And I go, it's new money. You now have a platform that's decent and you don't know how to fucking act because an all wheel drive car on the street gets down. And then they're like, I'm the, I'm the king of fucking this. I'm a king of fucking that. And I got, I'll do it in the middle right now. There's an Instagram post where I, I, I put that clip up and there's arguments happening. There's like call outs, there's fights, there's death threats. There's, and I'm like, but, what the but fuck? nothing ever will happen out of it. You no. know what I'm saying? So like, I'll tell you how I am. Like I love, like I got a little bit of hood rat in me. I love like how <laughs> Dell goes out there, and I shouldn't be really a part of it, but it's just when I was 17, 18, 20 years old, I lived that. I love doing it, and it kind of grew out of it. But now I'm just more in the background of it, and I don't really do any talking. And Dell's car does the talking; he does all that shit. I just like going out and beating up on people. And let me tell you something. It is so easy with these new money guys because these guys get one lick off on the road and go whatever they're going to go, but they'll never back it up again. Dude, and let me yeah, tell you right. something about the white car, dude. It is so a- consistent a- a- every fucking time. time. Yes. And it's so easy to get these guys like to swallow them. The, they came up. New York came down. They thought they had the baddest fucking super on the planet. And here we are with the heads cam one seven blower. And we fucked them up. Like it wasn't even <laughs> close, dude. See, now like, they're gonna they're gonna clip this. <laughs> I'm sure they are, but I don't give a fuck, you know. It's the truth, you know. So but Dell's cards is just so consistent. It's hard to beat, man. It's hard to be consistency, and that could kind of goes to the racetrack and professional racing. It's hard. Not the faster car. The fa- faster car doesn't win every time. It's the one that gets down every single time. Let me ask so. you a question. What do you think is a better um, transition? Is a no prep guy better to go into prep or is a prep guy better to go into no prep? Which team is better equipped to handle a completely different prep situation? Mm, that's a good question. And I, something I know people that have done both. And they look like clowns. So in both situations. I'll, because because you do you don't have, let's just say, 
if you're if you're a drag radio guy and you're used to nighttime racing only, and you know you have a four link and you know a turbo or nitrous, let's just say it, mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna do what it does. But then you try to go somewhere where the road is virgin, mm-hmm. like okay, now I'm I'm not used to that tune up, throw it out the window. Um, but I've seen guys like Lutz, right? He has that pro mod looking car it's not a pro mod it's a uh, looking thank you for that it's thank a pro, you yeah everyone it's, thinks it's a pro mod no 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 yeah. pro mod people just look at something and they go pro mod they go no no it's actually it just look at a pro mod car it looks nothing like jeff lutz's car so jeff lutz is out there with grip and he's a no prep guy and he, he he's inconsistent it chatters the tires and if it a clean pass to him it's still chattering the tires all the way down the track so he's struggling even though he went 6-1 you know the, yeah. he, he's struggling a little bit so, so i so i wonder which one is better equipped it, so in both better. i know a lot of radio guys that have tried the dig or die in north carolina hundred thousand dollar race because they see the hundred thousand they said we've been three 80s we can easily get down this fucking road we have all the best technology ever so they show up with this fucking 3,000 horsepower brad anderson with a pro charger hanging on the front of it and it's like dude y'all are in a rude awakening because i'll tell you i do a little bit of both you know i kind of i'm a little all over the place i do the no prep that kind of stuff the boy that worked for me we made to the semis down there and um at um the fuck I just said it in North Carolina. Dig or die. Yeah. The dig or die race. Two years ago, we put his car together for that race. So it, it really comes to the weight balance and it comes to power management. It's a tuning game. Um, and he let me do my thing. He drove, but he jumped the light in the semis. He, and he would have went to the finals. He beat him by a light, by like a landslide. I wasn't on the light, but it is what it is. Part of racing lost, but, what I'm getting at is I do that. I, I do a little bit of everything. And let me tell you, the guys that come from the radio scene to try to come down there and do it, there's some big names, dude. There's some big name tuners that try to do it and, and people that have no budget and they try to do it and they get fucked up in the first round. Yeah. Um, but vice versa. I don't know if you remember five, six years ago when Ducks Race was really popular. The Street Outlaws came up. They came over there and they got fucked up. Right. So it's such a, you know, it's, it's, um, the no prep, you don't need a bunch of money to win. If that Correct. makes sense. You just need now, an Olympic, an Olympic weight set in behind your car and <laughs> you're in a fucking wing from a Boeing 737 yeah. in the back of the bitch and you're going to win. You're yeah. going to have grip. And I'm like, okay, yeah. what are we building here? Shopping carts with just weights in the, what are we fucking right. building? <laughs> so it's crazy the amount of money there is to win in that stuff. But, um, I give them a, I give them guys respect because they're a bunch of hillbilly rednecks that don't know a bunch and don't know a, a bunch and they know they don't know a bunch. They don't act like they know a bunch. At least the majority of them. Um, and they get out their wallet and they bet each other. They grudge race it. I like that kind of racing, but at the okay. same time, I like going over to the other crowd and going racing with them because. You go fast and there's no budget over there and you're putting motors in and you're doing all kinds of shit. But them guys over in the racing world just think they know. I mean, in the prepped radio world, quote unquote, just think they know everything. Everyone's a know-it-all. No one's loyal to nobody. I feel bad for like Mark Mentor, like Mentor Shocks. Like, dude, I don't know how he does it. I'm a friend of his. Like, we talk all the time and, and, um, 
I don't know how people because like you know you go to your street nationals and these bromas ain't working on the glued up racetrack and they think it's a shock issue. Right. Really, the shock is just the absorber. It's a four link issue. You change your four link around. The shock. The, all these shocks do the same thing. They're, it's just the absorber. Now, Mark can revalve your shit at the racetrack if it ain't holding the car in a, in a slick car situation. If it ain't holding the ass end down like he wanted to and it's coming back up. Yeah, he can revalve it to do that. You, you don't need a $15,000 air shock on it, you know? And these guys just think more money buys your best shit, you know? And that's not really the case. Um, you gotta, you, you need to know a thing or two. You need to learn it. And that's and these guys in Prem Mods, they don't learn it. They just change shit until it works. Oh. And it's just kind of, they have money, unlimited money throughout these things. You know, that's what so. I was going to ask you. So, give me an example of what the typical pro mod team owner does for a living. Because, like, this is this guy has a three hundred thousand dollar a year operation or a four hundred thousand dollar a year operation. So, you're like, what kind of person and are you dealing with when it comes to pro mod? Pro mod, not you, not you specifically, because I don't want to make. Make, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, in general, just, in general, the writing's on the wall. If you walk through the pits of like, you have a million dollar, well, shit, two million really dollar operation because the trailers that they have are over a half million dollars. Oh my lord! Uh, I mean, I'm talking. If you ever walk, if anyone watches this has never been to a U.S. Street National, but they've been to NHRA racing, and you're walking through the pits, it's the same rigs. I mean, really? it's legit. It's legit. You know, it's a shop, rolling it's shop. shop. It's a shop, yeah. So, a lot of these guys have two cars. You know what? <laughs> yeah, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So, okay, why do they do this? There's no money in it. Like, there's no money. It's a dick maybe- measuring contest. Ah, it's all about so who's that's, the baddest. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, these guys don't really know what the fuck they're doing. There's a handful of them that do, but for the most part, it's monkey see, monkey do. Now, the no prep scene. It's all about the money. Yeah. These guys are broke. They're a typical backyard, <laughs> one car garage, driveway, tarp building, <laughs> tent performance people. You know? <laughs> tent performance. <laughs> Dude, because when I say that, I'm called a hater. I'm called, you don't know shit. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's a guy right here that owns a shop and tunes pro mods and shit. And he's saying the exact same stuff. So we're seeing the same thing. It's just spitting facts. I mean, it's not really hating on anything. Right. Because I'm in both worlds. But uh, I don't know. They're both cool in their own ways. The problem I got with the, with the big money guys is they think they, they're bosses. So they're, they own companies. They manage 40, 50, 60 people. You can't tell them nothing. You can't tell them nothing. You can't tell them So nothing. it's very hard as a tuner to tell them shit or anything, really. And they'll just buy. They'll buy, buy, buy. Like Mark Mickey just took his Garrett's off his uh, – Mark Mickey's a – I know the guy. What, yeah, the M&M yeah, so, yeah, yeah, transmission. m M&M yeah, transmission. Yeah. He just took his Garrett's off that thing and put Hart's Turbos on it. Well, everyone else shit's for sale now because – He won. His, his – well – yeah, but everyone else's shit is for sale because he took the Garrett's off. So whoever had Garrett's on their shit is putting hearts on their shit now because he they follow him. But Why? What they don't realize is you'll never be better than him if you just follow him. So it's just like uh, it's amazing to me, man. And it's just, it's it goes for tuning too. Like there's a big time nitrous tuner out there that. Um, I won't name him, and he's got some fast shit. I won't take it from him. But guys are starting to catch him 
Um, and the one guy I helped out that's got the nitrous car, don't spend any money with him. This guy builds these buildings. He's legit. He, he's, you know, he's got a real shop and stuff. He wires cars. He's in my, I don't really know him really at all. He's just from around, but in my opinion, from what I can see, he's more of a, he runs everything on Motec. So what's that tell you? You know, he's more of a computer. I think that this is work. This works and nothing else works kind of a right. situation. Right, right, but right. But there's right. nothing that I've ever seen on a pro mod level that Holly or Fuel Tech or Hall Tech can't do. So why the fuck do you need a Motec? I don't know, but <laughs> because you know, it's Motec, like yeah. because it's but there there is that era, and again in the very very uh, uh, poor. Because the poorest are the biggest fanboys, right? Oh, you got to get Motec. Why? Why the fuck? You know, why do I have to get Motec if I'm doing it with a stock computer? Oh, because you have selectable. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? You you just saw some guy be able to switch a map on the fly and the car chops. And then you think Motec is better, but you don't actually know why you think it's better. You oh, just so many. Yeah. So many people talk like. Yeah. Motec, for example, like, but like these guys that think they're tuners in the nitrous world or. From my world, Holly is very easy to. I don't know if you ever dabble with it yourself, but uh, no, no, because um, I haven't had to. But don't think that I haven't thought about it for a dedicated race car build. Like the Fairmont is going to be a very. I'm I'm, I'm baby stepping it. That mm-hmm. that car is going to get a eight point eight fifty front half mini tub. Get my feet wet. Get my feet mm-hmm. wet. And then if I if I get the bug and I really want to go, you know, in the sixes because I think sevens is pretty attainable with mm-hmm. simple shit and I want to get after it, I'm going to talk to the people that know. I'm not just going to throw stuff at the wind. I'm going to talk to the people that know. And I want to get well-versed on it. And if and if you're, you know, well-versed on Holly, which you are, you'd be the first guy that I would talk to. Junior does some stuff, but you you know it intimately. You know it like, like so you fuck with it all the time. I'm so d- deep into Holly, I know a couple of them guys that were high up over there that we give feedback to, you know, or like the newer beta might have something in it now, a table in it now because of what I told them, I think it needs. So like I have input on that. Now, Holly absolutely sucks with their customer support. Oh, Um, it's horrible. But like, so you kind of have to know, but so what, let me back up a little bit. (laughs) So what I'm getting at is we'll put your Fairmont into an example here. If you buy a Holly tomorrow and put it on this thing, you're a tuner, right? And you're gonna download Holly and be like, "Wow, you'll you'll get it. You'll look at it for 40 minutes and be like, this is the easiest shit I've ever seen in my life.' Right. Now, stock ECU stuff is where the real boys come into a factor. The men to the boys, in my right. opinion, mm-hmm. men. Or on the stock ECU stuff, and they got to figure it out how how to do. Like you guys with Lawn Man, it's very impressive um, because a lot of people don't have nobody in my knowledge. I don't know you, you has stock ECM stuff running like that. Nobody that I know has been sixes with a stock ECU and a stock six R eighty case. Like yeah, the, so the, it's like crazy in, on, on the planet that I know of. So you know, in junior and senior, and you, I mean, all of you guys have mastered it and it's taken you years to do it mm. now holly you download it and you download the v6 latest beta v6 400 or whatever it's out now and you look at it and say wow this is super fucking easy <laughs> you know it's like but 
on the ASP tuners, for example, you have to go in the user-defined stuff, and you have to fucking create your own shit, and if it's not available, you have to create your trans-break table shit going on. I mean, you gotta do all kinds of crap, man. And it's yep. just, that's where the men come into a factor, you know? And and them guys in the pro mod game, they can't fuck with it. They just can't. That's what I was wondering, because you do both, right? And uh, I see certain tuners that tune youtubers hate on stock computer stuff and i go i think you hate on it because you don't fuck with it yep and it's different to have a drop down menu that says e85 and a completely different one that has a stoic and then a speed you know uh, fueling tables that you have to adjust when you're switching over from fuels i i make fun of i know i make fun of holly stuff because i know it's simple and unfortunately the simplicity of it gives people a false sense of i'm a tuner Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I'm like, okay, then here, switch this factory ECU. I'll give you the, I'll give you the fucking HP tuners file, make it E85. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And they don't even know <laughs> what the stoichiometric value is. What are those words? That's a lot of words for, for AFR. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's probably, I don't know how many holly tables there are, but it's an eighth of what's in HP tuners. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not even, it's not even the hemisphere. <laughs> Shit, the transmission tables aren't even. They, there's double them in HP tuners than there is in Holly. So right. it, it's it's definitely hard when. Um, and and my best thing is, I guarantee you, if I go around in the pits and pro mod asking, uh, what's a what's what's a mass airflow? Oh, they wouldn't fucking know. The people pointed know. to our charge pipe, and they're like, "What's that?" And we're like a mass airflow sensor. And they're like, you have a mass airflow sensor? I'm like, yeah, and it makes about 2,400 horsepower. And they're like, <laughs> and then they point to the cam covers and they go, what's that? We go, VCT. They go, you have active VCT on this car? We go, yes, on the intake side. And they start to, you could, you could hear their brain cooking. They're like, we don't even know where to begin. Because imagine you have a HP tuners, you know, a stock computer, and it hits a torque limit. Now you got to find either how to hack the torque limit or what torque limit did it hit? Like, did it hit a fuel limit? Did it hit a spark limit? Did it hit a actual torque output limit? You don't know. So mm -hmm. all of that has to be vetted, tested, hammered through. Whereas on HP tuners, what fucking torque limit are you going to hit? Like, what, what, what are you... <laughs> It's going to make power until it explodes. And you're like, there's a torque limit, the rod. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people talk down the factory computer stuff. One, it's very difficult. I'm not going to mm -hmm. lie. It's very difficult. And it's a lot easier to fuck with Holly stuff. But Holly has given people a false sense of entitlement that they're tuners. They literally make shirts, blah, 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 tuning. I'm like, stop. Even a lot. This shirt is a joke. YOLO douchebag tuning. It is a fucking joke. And people seriously go, do you tune? And I'm like, oh, I do. But but like, it's a joke. Yeah. So I, I'm blown away that that thought process. And we talked about the Holly startup. We talked about all that stuff. Yeah. So that can become like, um, so, kinda, you know, people, people think that you can't put those tuners in the same sandbox. No, you, can't say, you know, and I kind of want to go on the other side of this. Um, for the streetcars guys coming off stock ECU and going into Holly or Field Tech. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, anyone could probably figure it out that knows the stock ECU well. Like, anyone could probably figure out how to tune air, fuel, and timing on a Field Tech or a Holly extremely easy and well from a um, stock ECU. But 
there's a whole different side of being complicated on the other on the other board here. For one, when you're pushing your combination, do you deal with alcohol stuff at all or not really? Um, do you know like alcohol, air fuels, or not really? Not really. Methanol, okay. some, but not really alcohol. Like, Metho- yeah, that's what I meant. But yeah. It's, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. like, methanol, air fuel, like. In the sixes? No. No. So, so, this is what I'm getting at. So, now, let's just, this is, this is what I'm saying. This is a good example. Like, you said, you, you know, you don't know. You know, right, now, I don't you know. probably go on the internet and, or go in the dyno and be like, okay, it runs great at 4 air fuel, for example. And that's kind of on the leaner side of things, to be honest with you. Okay. So I wouldn't say lean, but it's not super rich. It's mediocre. And don't ever ask the internet what air fuel you need. I'm not saying you. I'm just talking about anyone. In general, right. Don't ever ask it because all these alcohol stuff cars are different or what they need. Um, and that's what I'm getting at. Like, So you can make great power at 4.0 air fuel on that dyno, and that's where it wants to be on the dyno. Now, you're going down the racetrack. It won't make it past a 330 because you've done torch the acetylene torch the head out of it. Because there's more so load on it. There's oh, more yeah. load on the car. Load and it creates more heat and you don't have no intercooler. Oh. So in these classes of methanol, you can't have an intercooler, you know, or they're making so much boost and power, there's no intercooler that could support it. I'm not talking 2,000, I'm talking 4,000. Oh, you're right? talking big boy stuff. Yeah. Like, like yeah. So. You know, so you have to literally drown it so much in fuel, it's spitting out of the exhaust. Like, I noticed that. I've always noticed two seven how... air fuel. Like, <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding, dude. Like, so there's sometimes where cars come back, like different things, like th- like that gray Mustang, for example. He mm-hmm. likes that thing likes to be around three four. Okay, now it won't run worth a fuck at three zero. It's fucking dog shit slow, but at three seven. You're putting fucking exhaust valves in it because you're burning the exhaust valves out of it. Got it. So it's a you very gotta, it's fine a very, line. very yeah, it's a very small window. Mm-hmm. And that red truck I do, almost identical motor, but it's a little bit different turbo. I'm working the turbo a little harder, a lot harder, as to say. And I'm working the turbo that much more that it's gotta be like two eight air fuel or it burns up. Wow. So like everything's different. You have to really you can't just go off of like street cars. You can make 900 all day and be like 11.5, for example, yep. on pretty much everything. Yeah. On any coyote, whatever you guys bread and butter every fucking day. Absolutely. Now these race cars, there, there's two points of air fuel different going on and there's four or five degrees of timing differential going on. So you kind of have to give it what it wants. That's all I've always been a fan of like, just saying like, like, what, what do you, what do you run this air fuel at? Like race car pits, Drivers or I mean, yeah, drivers slash tuners, not real tuners, but like they kind of tune their own shit. We'll drive around on the golf cart, come over. What, I just got a strap. What's your air fuel in this? I'm like, dude, it's not even like if you got a strap, load it up more fuel. Like yep. that's all I got to tell you. Like I'm not going to tell you what to be at because it's going to be wrong. Like I don't tune your car. I, I don't know. You right. Know? I don't know what yeah. your car likes. Yeah. So like that truck has the identical piston and rod ratio. Literally same piston part number, same cubic inch, same compression. The only difference is the cylinder head on it. So the chamber is a little different in the head and you can tell, and it's got a water jacket head on it with no water in it. And it just, I've really learned that it really creates hot spots in it. If you're not loading up with fuel. Now the other car, I can't run in a two, eight air fuel or blows spark out of it because it's so rich. So 
it's just all such a different factor at that level. And at that level, there is no nip in a strap. If you get a strap, high, there is no, let's put another plug in it. Like you're pulling the head off because you right. got something else. You know like, what I'm saying? On the Coyote game, I think the good and bad thing is we're limited by um, injector size. So I think the highest injector size we see is 2600s. And if you have like a plasma man, you do two of them. But we t we never see guys really do methanol like 100%. I think Brett probably has a 50-50 mix. We've mixed up to 30% and we still can get away with, um, because we have such a good fuel pump, we can get away with a lot of fuel pressure. And we have 2600s, a single 2600. We're going to go with a dual coming up. So we haven't really dabbled in it too too much because the stoic uh doesn't get any further down than in the in the eights it doesn't get any lower than the eights so we're fairly conservative on that front because we're not like running full meth on the deal um we might eventually because we have a mechanical fuel pump but you know uh, that is all depending on because then, well, it be then it goes away from like what we're even known for let's say for instance we do a holly remote tech race car it's mm -hmm. not gonna. It's not gonna drive any business towards us because right. it's like not stock computers. That's stuff. how my green car is. So like it's just the same thing. It's like I don't really want to go full, full all out on it. Full like, retard with it. Why? You know? Like you know, right. it's just, I just don't want to. I like the stock blower, you know, and I like doing customers like customers that call. They're like, I want a twenty six fifty. I'm like, no, you don't. No. <laughs> and it's like you have a factory LT four blower. Let's make eight nine hundred. And if you think it's still a turd, then you can come back. And I would say 10 out of 10 times, I talk them down from 1100 to 800 and they come back for checkups or whatever it might be. And they love it. Yeah. And there's no maintenance involved and it's stock at bottom end and they hold all day on the LT4 and I'm not married to the car and it's just a lot better all around. So back to what I was saying with the race car stuff, um, a lot of people make a switch. You guys are, you know, talking about, and one at once upon a time, a lot of people were trying to make that switch. And I've seen it time and time again. It's like, it ain't making no difference. And it's costing a whole lot more money because you're tearing it up. And uh, methanol is different, dude. Like these streetcar guys can't, they can't just jump into a methanol car and be like, oh yeah, I can go down. No, you're going to fucking hurt it. Right. Like, there is no, there is no, it's 85 is very forgiving. Methanol is not, believe it or not, you know, so. It is interesting. Once once a uh, certain YouTuber start going M1, you start seeing problems. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you know, I bet you if they had like a very dense fuel and man, maybe the combustion is a little hotter, but man, it's a lot more controllable than what the stuff they got going on. Unless they're doing something so severely wrong, because a lot of these YouTubers go out there and they run methanol and everything like 100 percent meth. And the car just does. There's always an issue. And then I look at the, our 1500, 1600, 1700 uh, horsepower customers, and we're like, that bitch is on an ID 2600 just doing what it does. Yeah, no, leave it like that. Right. Like, yeah. And we're like, I, like can, I can talk about both because I have a lot of experience with both. Now, now you're starting to get into methanol stuff as well. You just said something about ID 2600s, best injector on the market, in my opinion. Uh, well, you have something that makes 2500 horsepower on M1. You better have three of them. In there <laughs> exactly. For a cylinder. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, so, or you can get a atomizer or a fuel tech 820. And that's really the only options out there. But how good is it? How good is that injector really, compared yeah. to the 2600? It's not that good. Right. No. Right. No. So I tell people, you know, build an atomizer and all these cool things. And I'm like, okay, 
maybe that's all they got, but I'm telling you, like, there is a reliability issue once you go to M1 and you go to these very limited style, not limited, limited supply, uh, branded injectors. Yep. And you know how many times I've heard In injector got plugged up, burned up my motor. And I'm like, I have literally never heard that on a, on a ID unless there's trash going through the system. But how many times you hear, yeah, injector driver or injector plugged up. And I'm like, I, I've, I've never heard that. So, it's so foreign the, to me. Yeah. So the I've had it happen on my Hope Dino, actually. With <laughs> we didn't really? build a car. Yeah. So we didn't build a car. And like, we're so specific now. We've learned that we've had enough injectors hang open or hang shot or whatever. And we found out why. Usually it's not the injector's issue, but it's the way it's designed. And there's really no other way around it because it needs so much fuel to get through it. Right. And it's the plunger in there is just you have a little piece of trash. It gets in there and it gets hung up. There is a way around it. You just have to spend $500 on a system ones filter and you got to oh, change it a lot. I gotcha. But these guys don't want to hear it. So if they don't have that before they come to my hub dyno, I won't tune it. Actually, if they don't have it before I even tune their car, I refuse to touch it. That's how often those injectors hang open. Wow. Because, you know, you have to have a good filter on them. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of ways around it. You know, you have to have a proper fuel system. If you have that big, um, if you have methanol, you should really have crimp line on it, you know, in my opinion. Um, methanol is very tricky, scary, because you can't see it when it catches on fire. In the it's daytime. just hot one day. You're like, it's really hot in here. It's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so you see your paint bubbling on the hood, and it's like, hmm. <laughs> well, I wonder what's happening there. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do this. I know you got a couple of new products that you started messing with the V World. Let, let's wrap it up there because I can talk to you for five hours and yeah. I, you can come back anytime. You, you, literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. An op open invite. I figured um, about two hours would be it. Yeah. Two hours is good. Yeah. Yeah. So you got some new products. I saw that. I saw the um, brake setup. Is it a TBM brake setup for the rear on the caddy? Yeah. Is that what yeah. that is? Did yeah. you work with them because it's such a specific brake? on that vehicle not really um that's not actually out yet but we are getting ready to come out with it um we did a 15 inch conversion on the new ct5 slash ct4 blackwing um we just came out with a couple more ct4 parts as well but i'll get to that in a minute so the conversion was very tricky um and it's gonna be expensive and the reason why i say that is because it has an electronic parking brake Oh, yes. Usually all these GM cars never had that yet, you know, until this model come out. So but we wind up keeping the parking brake on it. So instead of making a plug for the parking brake to get the light off the dash, we're like, why don't we just keep, especially for stick cars, because they made them in sticks. Okay. So you need a parking brake. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we came out with that. It's very complicated because the wheel set, uh, the ABS sensor doesn't if you put the brake on people are going to try this i know they are so if you put the brakes on the factory knuckle and the the tbm six gen camaro brake will it will all bolt up on the black wing and you can fit a wheel on it but you can't fit the e-brake on it for one it won't let you go over 10 mile an hour without the e-brake on it oh wow okay so but say okay you work your way around that you find a plug or whatever then you have another problem the abs sensor doesn't line up properly with the bracket that TBM supplies. So when it throws the ABS light, it doesn't want to go over XYZ speed and it's wow. a Christmas tree on the dash. Oh, shit. So we came up with a solution with a bracket and we only use the TBM outer ring. Cause the rotor is, um, 
a two piece. Um, that's how they come. Okay. We use the outer ring and we make our own hub the bolt to the outer ring because it's a nice firm fit. Like the TBM, it's more generic. It fits a lot of different things. I just I wasn't a big fan of letting your brakes slop, slop, you know, sloppy all around. And it could have vibration issues at high speeds and stuff. And um, so, anyways, I used the outer ring and a caliper. It's pretty much it from TBM. Everything else is is not from them we mill the factory knuckle down and we make our own bracket to get everything and all the lights stay off in the dash so the 15 inch is coming it's not going to be cheap because there's just a lot involved with it i don't see any other way around it we actually tried to keep the cost down because we are using the factory knuckle um and instead of making a billet one like that's going to be really expensive yeah so but it's a uh, caddy. It's a hundred thousand dollar caddy, dude. Come on, you yeah. know these people got it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but and then on top of that, you need the trailing arm in the back because the the fifteen inch wheel will hit the um the tr- factory trailing arm. So you need a different style arm. Oh. But those things like to bend anyways, and then all your arms that hold the knuckle on the factory ones will work. It will be an option on the website to purchase like the basic fifteen inch conversion. Or with all the arms, and my thing is with all the all the arms will uh, be the best bet because they will bend under high horsepower. They try to roll the tire up in the fender well when you're launching yeah. the track. So I've seen that a couple times. It's yeah. not going to be it's not going to be cheap, um, unfortunately. And I'm using like really nice high ends that are ninety bucks a piece. Like I'm not using Chinese garbage. They're not which, slapping around. They don't have a lot of yeah. slack in them and, and, and all this yeah. shit. Cause so I've seen a lot be, of companies use shitty ones and you hit a bump and you just hear everything. I have oh, this right here. In oh, front you have me. it. Okay. Ha- is this it? is, this is not mine. This is a Chinese piece of crap. And uh, <laughs> I've been working on different high men's sizes and stuff. So we're kind of still working on the arms. I have a car out there right now running around on the 15 inch conversion with the factory arms on it, with just the one trailing arm we have done. And he has like a thousand miles on it. It's been fine. Been so the, the TBMs, I was a little worried about that street driving them around. Um, I talked with, with them over there and they're like, it's fine. It's fine. But like, you know how that is. You talk to them and they'll try to sell you something. But no, the guy that's got it, it's a buddy of mine. He actually owns a local shop by here okay. too. That He's a competitor of ours, but not really. He buys a lot of our product. We're, we're to the point now where we sell a lot of shops, our product. So, um, that's probably where you want to be eventually. Yeah. Right? Eventually, yeah. just like here, th- we tested it. It's is an R and D facility now, and here. I want to, yeah, I want to be to the point where I send everything to him. Like I don't even want to work on cars. You know, <laughs> that, that'd be. I'm not. I'm not the there dream. yet, but yeah. So, um, but yeah. So he street drives it, and the brakes they handle some abuse. I mean, that's what I really like about the TBMs. You can get them suckers on fire almost, right? And they still stop the car. So, now I was going to ask you about that. I had a I had a, a debate with people here, and I said I don't like not just TBMs. Forget TBMs. I don't like the thought process of having ATV brakes on a heavy street car and do street driving with it. Meaning a small pad, aerospace, bear, or TBM. If you want to stop the car, like I'm saying, you want to definitely stop the car. Are you? One of those that goes, no, it's fine because the technology nowadays is good enough where it'll stop the car. Or would you, in your personal vehicle, let's say you you street drive it. Let's say you drive it three, five, six thousand miles a year. Do you want a 
normal brake on it or do you are you okay with like a little aerospace small brake on a heavy 3500 plus, plus pound streetcar that can go nine o's or high eights so it just depends if you're putting i i always tell everybody if you're putting less than four thousand five thousand miles on your car a year you can get away with it um well first off let me backtrack if you have all four corners done Right, all four. Um, Rears tiny, fronts yeah, tiny, yeah. I, you know, I, welds not, and DOT pros. Yeah. <laughs> and that's now, how you if, drive. If you're driving it to Cars and Coffee every weekend um, and back 20-minute trips and 30-minute trips and stuff, yeah, you can get away with it. Now, if you want to drive the thing to Ocean City, Maryland, which is a three-hour drive from here, no. If you, if you want to take it on trips and stuff, no. Don't do that. It's stupid, right. you know. Um, but the guys that want to race at the track and – get everything they can out of them. The brakes are a nice savings on the fronts, especially. So, you know, it's, it's um, a catch 22. It just really depends on what you want to do with it. Uh, I argue the fact that if you have a car that does wheelies all the time, who gives a fuck about 20 pounds in the front? Put the big, or you need the way back on it. Yeah. Yeah. Put the Willwoods in the front, like a nice light six pot Willwood. That says, cause mine, I, my GT500 has Willwoods and I'm like, why are you having aerospace brakes in the front? This thing's a wheelie machine. Put some weight on it, and that weight, let it be the brakes. And people are like, that's fucking stupid. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. I I'm just trying to save you from a parachute not deploying and ended up in the fucking sand trap. Yeah, you know? so one thing about now, like we do TBMs on – that's like our brand is TBM. You know, that's most, um, most of the people are going – because it seems to be the better one of the ones. It is there. because they handle the heat. Um, and my, you know, they handle the heat like good too. A lot of these brakes, you get hot and they won't stop the car. Right. They just, know? it just keeps accelerating. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so now it's one of the things where I'm not a big fan of the look of them, to be honest with you on a 18 inch front runner, um, on a big car, it's just kind of looks goofy. Like my car, for example, it's okay. It's, it's not, but it, I don't know. I like the look of a factory break carbon like ceramic big, yeah, yeah or a big one or just even regular metal you know like you said factory um brembo six piston it's good looking you know so it just depends what you want to do if you're mainly racing it if you're racing it more than you street drive it absolutely do the brakes but if you're street driving it for trips and stuff then yeah don't do it you know yeah. so. there you go and people are telling me that i'm like a fucking retard and i'm just like okay fine go ahead put aerospace brakes drive it to like you said for a three-hour trip and then if heaven forbid something happens on the road and you got to stop really quickly and you have regular fronts in the bitch because you're not driving on skinnies that bitch ain't stopping it's just mm -hmm. you're, you're gonna have issues go ahead yeah. sorry no so like what we get what i was getting at with like the 15 inch convert if you're doing a 15 inch conversion on your car more than likely, you're not taking the thing three hour trips. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right, right. You, you need you'd the brakes regardless. You'd but. be surprised, dude. You know it. You know there's these guys that want to drive around on kill. I want to, I want a daily on 1150. I'm like, what? You want a daily on 1150, 23 degrees of timing and fucking <laughs> meth mix? What the fuck yeah. are you doing? They're like, yeah, just, you never know. You never know when a race can pop off on 995. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah, no, I do know. It's it's tough, but yeah, I mean, it just depends on the customer what you're doing, you know. Now Greg's car, Greg Kong's car, man, he he scares me a little bit with that thing. You know, he don't know parachute on the back and uh 
luckily it's a stick, but I'm telling you right now, if you didn't have a parachute on the back, you'd have a hard time stopping it. Right. Um, because he's letting it decel with it in gear. You know, like my car, I took the parachute off the back and you can call me stupid. It's mine though. You know, I, right, I, right. I decided to do it the day after world cup. I took the parachute off because it's 40 pounds I saved. And, you know, we're trying to get a little bit of weight out of it. And, um, I think we got like a hundred pounds out of it between a couple other little things. But anyways, um, I stopped that thing, and at the end, I turned around, and I got out of the car. I'm like, I smell something. I'm like, man, that's brakes. brakes and I looked down brakes. at it. Dude, the fucking rotors were on, on fire. fire. Like, like red, right? Dude, they were literally had a, I had to blow them out with a flame. It, oh, it, they bubbled, were my, it bubbled my uh, powder coat. <laughs> oh, fuck. I love yeah. that you said that because yeah. a lot of people are like, no, nah, no, it's going to be fine. Because, you know, Cletus ended up in the sand trap because one of his parachutes didn't open at 225. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he needed every single type of real estate to take it. And he ended up in the sand trap a little bit, but not too bad. But I've always said, you know, if, if your car's a wheelie machine and it already weighs 3,600, dude, just just put a bigger fucking yeah, rotor. Yeah, and, and It you'll definitely be good. needs a bigger. If you have a race car that's that heavy, it's it's heavy. It's, it's stupid, just heavy, dude. And people just, go, that's a people go, trap. Yeah, and, 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 dude, uh, I, I. I don't follow the guy and I'm not a fan, but I don't want him to get hurt. Like that's Me the neither. last thing yeah. I want. And yeah. when you see that car and that power plant and what it's mile an hour. And I'm like, dude, put that in a chassis. That's worth it. Like, well, like the legit. Problem, the people, the problem is people don't understand is the momentum going that fast, dude. Oh, 225 is and on a 3,700 pound it's missile. Gonna cr- it's going to crumble. There's difference. SFI and and cage ratings for how heavy the car is. That's the whole reason. And like, I don't even know. I never even paid attention to something thirty seven hundred pounds going that fast because I would never build it. Right. But I don't even it's know. Probably, if it's, it's probably thirty five. But look, anything thirty three, thirty four, and up. I'm like, if you're three thousand, if you're over three thousand pounds and you go two thirty and a quarter. You're That's not surviving awful. if something happens. You're yeah. not surviving if something happens, like mm-hmm. heaven forbid. So, but if you're, I've seen like that Farlow guy, right? That that accident looked terrible, dude. I I'm friends with David Far. I was on the starting line when that happened, and I was like, he sur- he he survived, yep. and the car was just bent in a couple areas, and I'm like. Shout out to the chassis builder. Like, fuck, you know, that thing hit the fucking wall broadside. Bow. Dude, he was only at the 330. That just goes to show, show how fast a 14 car is in the eighth. That's, it, that's fucking moving. It was know? it was nuts. And I love that car. I've always liked the look of the car. I've always liked how it performed. And yeah, it just kind of was a bad deal. Is there anything you want to talk about before we wrap up? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to push out there? Anything you're working on that you want to um, talk um, about? No, just a 15-inch conversion on the Blackwing. And then the CT4, we're also coming out with uh, both uh, a catch can form. No one makes a catch can form yet. This is the CT4 is the, the twin turbo V6 version. Yes, mm-hmm. um, so... We make a black wing, or we make the CT5 heat exchanger. We've had that out for a year now, I think. And we just came to found out that the CT4 also is the same part number from the Ooh. factory. So that also bolts on the CT4. And so we have those two, and we're doing, um, we did a little expansion tank on the front on the CT4 because they're factory okay. air to water cars. Are you so, happy that Cadillac announced that they're going to keep making these cars? Because I saw an article yes. the other day that they're still pumping them out. And a little facelift. Yeah, they did. We actually talked about that today at work. I'm like, I'm glad they're making it for another year because. Helps uh, you guys out, you yeah. know? 
Because that's the platform that is tunable. It can go fast. It's the modern-day Hellcat. I mean, there is no competitor. There Mm -hmm. is no other V8, stick, and auto, rear-wheel drive, 600-plus horsepower car, period. And Mm -hmm. it's cool that uh, they're they're still making it. So at least you have that customer base that'll be like, here you go, drop it off, make run 990s or whatever you got to do, put 15s on it. And when are you going to buy one? Obviously, you're a big baller. You're a big baller tuner that uh, (laughs) does bad at, gets paid 5,000 bucks a day by Promont guys to tune. Yeah, right. So (laughs) (laughs) when are you going to buy one? I mean, Um, you don't need to. I thought about, yeah, I thought about buying one, but I have two good customers that, let me use their cars for stuff. So I, I don't want to buy one if I don't have to, you know, right. um, I'll be honest with you, man. When I get some bills paid off and, and um, my overhead comes down a little bit, I would like to buy an unmolested C6 ER1, just a cruise. Unmolested. So, like, yeah. like, like Arctic. I don't even care to modify. No, 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 no mods at all. Like never been tuned, nothing. So bone stock. So you're going to yeah. pay a hundred thousand dollars. That's what you're looking to pay because that's yep. what they're going for. I know. Fuck! Yeah. I, I could. I would pay. It. I would pay a hundred thousand for one of those unmolested for what I want because I'd rather pay a hundred grand for one of them than a CT five. I just that's my dream car. What I want, and I think it's worth every penny. You know, and honestly, dude, I probably wouldn't modify it. Believe it or not, like I just, I'm not like. I don't care. Like if I went to cars and coffee, I'm not the person to beat the fuck out of my car on the way there and back. I just right. want to go and hang out with some people. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So. Yeah. yeah, like mine, I like it at 700, but I might like it a little bit at 800. But I'm telling you, when I drove it from Pennsylvania back home, it was awesome. It was bone stock. It was awesome. I I, I could do whatever the hell I want. It sounded great. All the Everything worked wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Cruising, I'm like, it can't beat this. Once I started fucking with it, I'm like, okay, it's got those little drivability quirks I got to live with. Mm-hmm. But eh, I'll just I'll just let you fuck with it once uh, once I get there. <laughs> everything. Done. Okay, bro, let's uh, yes. let's leave it yep. there. We got we, tr- trust me. I'm sure next time we'll talk, we'll talk about a bunch of stuff. But I appreciate you hit me up um, because we have a lot of similar thought process, and we haven't really talked much like in the last mm-hmm. four months. I know you're no, busy, I've been really stuff. busy. Yeah. Right. And and I'm like, I'm glad that we're at least still on the same page. Because yeah. if we were like if we were like sideways with shit, I would have been like, I, I don't know this guy anymore. So all yeah. right, we'll wrap we'll wrap it up there. Yep. So hang tight. I'll talk to you for a mm-hmm. little bit, but uh, for everyone else, we're all set here. All right.